0: All right everybody, welcome back to another episode of Creative Writing. This is episode Do you know it? 116. Yes, it is. Certainly 116. And uh on the phone tonight, we have a special guest. We're going to we're just going to jump into this episode because uh to be frank, I I'm not sure where you're coming to us from, but we have a special guest and uh just want to get him in and out of here as quickly as possible because it's probably way past his bedtime. And uh <laughs> <laughs> So, on the phone with us, we have somebody who um, works in the electric industry. I'm going to go ahead. I always mess this up by stepping on everybody and and, uh, what they do and who they are. So, I'm just going to let you take this away. Guest, can you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, Hi, my name is John, and I work in the electric vehicle infrastructure industry. I've been in this industry. About uh, eight years now. I've seen it from the early days when electric vehicles first came on the market, and I'm involved with it today with uh, building charging stations across North America.
0: Awesome. nice, And that's something that's come up um, a a lot lately in in the podcasting space and the motorcycle space. And it's something that people are a little sh- shy about. <clears throat> they have range anxiety and stuff like that. So I'm interested to talk to you about that sort of stuff. First off... Is the, that
2: a technical term?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Range anxiety? Uh, yeah, range anxiety is, thing, is, is what they call uh, not nice. being able to go far enough. First yeah, off, true. the um, some of the listeners want to know, do you ride or have you ridden? Because this is, is a motorcycle podcast. Have you uh, a motorcycle in your garage today?
1: You know, today I do not have a motorcycle, but most of my life I've ha- always had one.
0: Awesome, that's that's cool. What was your first one?
1: Uh, my first motorcycle was a Kawasaki 350 Scrambler two-stroke.
0: Ooh, <laughs> I know that's good. that's something you would only see expect to see at vintage days. Now, you know, these days. <laughs> yeah, that's thank awesome. you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, we we're polite. We don't ask age on here, but that's good to know. At least at least we know that you. Um, can sympathize with some of this range anxiety that people these days are having. Um, Basically I I know you and I have had some conversations offline um, you know, and I've, I've looked up a lot of people on LinkedIn and I've been connected to a lot of people worldwide, actually working in the EV space and in the motor specifically electronic motorcycles. And I wanted to ask you since you're in the infrastructure industry um, kind of like, can you give us a basic overview of what the infrastructure is today why do people have range anxiety you know why why aren't cars going 600 miles on a charge pardon me
1: well there's a couple of things one uh electric vehicle charging stations are not like gas stations yet i think uh, people that drive regular ice vehicles are used to having a gas station on every other corner and I think changing to electric vehicles, it creates range anxiety with drivers because they're not as visible and there's not as many of them.
0: Right, right. And and when you can take a road trip across the country and you're, you know, even an old Dodge van that gets 17 miles to the gallon, um, I think it's hard when people hear that they've got a 300-mile range. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I think some of the early electric vehicles that have been out there, Nissan Leaf is a good example, Um, it would go roughly 75 miles. And really, the first wave of EVs was meant to be a commuter vehicle.
0: Right. Yeah, there's been a lot of studies done, and I think um, even with motorcycles, that's one of the selling points is that people don't usually drive more than I think it's 38 miles a day or something like that. The average is that, you know, some people do mm-hmm. well over that, but a lot of people do, you know, that would last some people, you know, a whole week if they could, uh, you know, have a 30 or 60 mile range. You made a good point about the fact that they're not everywhere, but pretty soon I've I've read at least that um, Europe is really a big proponent of this within the next five to 10 years uh, going all electric. I mean, is that something that's happening do you see that in the infrastructure space that there's that sort of development going on where that's going to be i mean is it going to be that big that fast
1: yeah i think so i think uh you know london is talking about banning uh ice vehicles in the city uh berlin is talking about the same thing i think paris is talking about the same thing (laughs) so you know i think uh Many car manufacturers are ending production of diesels. uh, And I think you're seeing a big investment from all the OEMs. They're going all in on electric.
0: Right. And, yeah, you know, as far as uh, motorcycles go and vehicles – Paris and London last year, I think, already started a ban on vehicles over a certain age. So it's only a matter of time before you know I can see the writing on the wall for for all ICE vehicles. You know, when, when they when they take that aggressive of a of a move on on vehicles, that people will say, "Well, I can't, <clears throat> pardon me, I can't commute without this vehicle." You know, you're kind of cutting the lower class out because a lot of people depended on these older vehicles; they couldn't afford a new one. But at the same time, you know i i i think that whether you know whether you upgrade now or whether you you know upgrade in 10 years the next car you get is going to be an electric vehicle most likely you know what i'm saying
2: I've been shopping and looking at them. Actually, you have. Wow. Yeah.
0: So a little back, a little background. John Chris drives this gigantic uh, Cummins dually. <laughs> it probably gets eight miles to the gallon. I don't know.
1: Ah, why. you're one of those. Okay.
0: <laughs> hey, one of those. I get like 18 mile a gallon. There you go. That'd but I can good. tow a house.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. it's actually better than most. <laughs> which is, it's interesting that you said people are like, or a lot of companies are getting away from diesel. Which I think that's kind of a a a weird statement because those companies that are getting away from diesel are companies that are have in general more fuel efficient cars like I think the American auto industry is kind of skipping the stage of diesel but if there's one thing I've learned from that big old Cummins is diesel is way better than gasoline at least fuel economy wise I mean it's and now and now it's weird too what i don't get is the they have like the def fluid and like these cleaner diesels but mm-hmm. they use twice as much fuel yeah how are you putting in almost twice as much fuel and getting but getting cleaner emissions coming out of the exhaust <laughs> yeah.
0: pipe like right and and you know what i mean every every gas station has diesel right now and every you know and you would be surprised oh really and
2: when your fuel light comes on and you have a, you're like uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh
0: well that's what
2: i that's especially like la and orange county it's
0: right Uh, and that's why i wanted to talk to you know talk to john because when he said that you know charging stations aren't as common as gas stations uh where where are you guys um building right now john are you are you guys um worldwide or is it mostly California? I mean, I can imagine California and probably like New York being huge e v markets just because of the population density and and all the liberals that uh, <laughs> that live there but um it, you know is that coming is is there going to be at least one on every other corner or you know or or are they going to be replacing gas stations?
1: you know that's a good question um it's interesting uh shell is now at least in Europe, uh, they bought a electric vehicle infrastructure company because they are going to install EV charging stations at their gas stations.
2: Oh, right. The electric charging stations, like at least with gas stations, like what percentage of them are mini marts? Like if, if they're trying to build electric stations as like a totally separate thing, but leave that out of it. I mean, I think that's kind of an important part of refueling yeah. as the gas, you yeah. know, the gasoline industry's kind of showed us like yeah.
0: every, every road trip needs road food, right. Yeah. Or, or something to that effect. You need to get your big gulp and your coffee when you're refueling. <laughs> yeah. And as something else, I know that you're a huge infrastructure, you know, you're, you're part of that, but are you familiar with the battery technology and all that stuff too, that goes, you know, pretty much hand in hand with it?
1: Well, I, you know, I think battery technology today is advancing at such a rapid pace I, th- I think what we're uh, seeing today is uh, EVs in general started off with a certain size battery pack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Nissan Leaf started off with a, a 23 kilowatt battery pack. Uh, they offer one today that's uh, 30 kilowatts. I think eventually they'll go to 40 and then 60. Mm. And of course, with the bigger battery packs, that means you'll be able to drive further and Reduce range anxiety.
0: Yeah. Does Does that mean the cars are going to get bigger too? I mean, to a, a bigger battery, a bigger car. Or are they getting more dense?
1: No, not necessarily. Some of the battery chemistry is allowing more energy per kilowatt, and what that means is is that the battery packs won't get larger; they'll just pack more power within them.
0: Right. Right, and, and I, that's important for motorcycles because it, it, you can't really get too much bigger you know what i mean with with the motorcycle about a i'm guessing a haunted goldwing is about is about as big as you can get before you're like basically unable to call it a motorcycle and and, you know then it becomes like a land yacht you know so uh that's one thing that i was wondering about just because of the the range anxiety with motorcycles being that well you're never going to get a bigger battery into this thing you're never going to get them to the half the distance that an electric car can go because they got all that space for batteries to go you know know, it's It's funny i
2: think a lot of them have more range than a lot of the cars it could be because a lot i was looking i ended up looking more at the volt than anything else which i know is not exactly a full electric and it it only has like a 50 or 60 mile range but the chevy bolt was i want to say 120 or something like that
1: where Uh, um yeah and the, the, Z- Chevy, the Chevy Bolt will go 238 miles. The
2: Bolt will? Okay.
1: Yeah, the Bolt, yeah. yeah.
2: The Zero motorcycle was like 200.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so. that's what the – they have the little power tank and, you know, it's like a little extra thing. And, and they've up their battery by, I think, at least – I'm not sure how they measure it, but last year it was a 13.6 and this year it's a 14.4. I don't know if that's kilowatt hours or what that is. I but, think that was yeah. more
2: the power, wasn't it?
0: yeah or was it I, kilowatt I, hours? yeah, because I think the kilowatt means more power or more distance, depending on yeah. how you how you ride it, and that was my question, my next question for you, John is um the pros and cons of you know the the current capabilities right now with the range anxiety, with the fact that it takes like eight hours to fill up you know a motorcycle is there hope for us? Because you and I were talking off air um, and you told me that cars don't necessarily take eight hours to fill up, correct?
1: No, that's true. They, they don't. Right. It gets into the uh, charging standards. Now, I, uh, from a little research I've done on Xero, um, uh, most e-bikes um, will charge on 110 volts. Right. You plug it into an outlet. In fact, my e-bike, uh, I plug it into 110. It'll take Plus to four hours, so very slow charging. Yeah, zero um, has what they call a level two option, which means that it charges at 240. Um, the, the the beauty of that is it will charge probably three times faster. And there's a lot of infrastructure, uh, especially in California, that's a level two infrastructure that motorcycles could take advantage of.
0: Right. And how fast are, are we talking like half the time?
1: Um, yeah, I'd have to go back to their specs and see. But I, I do believe that you could charge a 14 kilowatt hour battery pack um, in less than two hours.
0: Wow. Because, see, that's the thing. We were, I, I got into a, a little uh, verbal fisticuff with a couple other podcasts a few weeks ago on this roundtable because they were saying – Uh, you know, if you have to stop and wait eight hours to charge your bike, there's no way you're going to ride across America. It'll take you a month to do a road trip that you could do in, you know, two days or three days on a, like a Harley road glide or something like that. And I was uh, pointing out in Roadrunner magazine, actually, there's a guy that rode from San Francisco to Chicago or something like that, following the route that George Wyman took on like one of the very first Harleys that wasn't much more than a bicycle with a motor in it, you know?
1: And mm-hmm. there's
0: no way that thing got the range that a modern motorcycle does. And so if you're recreating something like that or, you, or you're just taking your time and you have hours to, to kill, sure. But when it gets to, you know, you want to make it across the U.S. in a couple of days, I mean, motorcycles just can't do it. But this level, is it be, you th- you're saying it's because of maybe they're not choosing a level two charging system?
1: Well, what it really gets down to, you know, we often think a level two charging station it's an actual charger. Um, it is not a charger. All it is is a safe delivery of uh, 240 volts of AC power. Oh, okay. The charger itself resides in the vehicle. Oh, okay. So, so for uh, Zero, for example, they have the charger on board the bike. Okay? That, that's, so, how,
0: that's how you're able to plug into 110 and it yeah. does its deal. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah. So it depends on the kilowatt of the charger. Um, okay. case in point, uh, originally the Nissan Leaf came with a 3.3 3 kilowatt hour charger, um, on board, even though the charging stations that were already, uh, on the market were at 6.6. 6. So it doesn't matter what the charging stations are really capable of. It really matters what the vehicle is capable of accepting.
2: I see. So with your research, is the Nissan Leaf the hot electric car to get? <laughs> Just because I know someone shopping for electric cars right now. <laughs> whose
0: name might be Chris?
2: Whose name <laughs> might be me.
1: You know, I I think the, the Nissan Leaf, um, you know, they've eventually uh, done away with a 3.3 3 kilowatt hour charger. Uh, the stock is a 6.6. 6. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think today their latest model will roughly go... One hundred and fifty mile miles between charges.
0: Not bad. That's a big. When it you're... also has a self driving mode. Wow. When when you and I were talking about it, it you were we were like sixty or seventy. That's like double what I think what we mentioned last yeah. time. So that would get you a whole week. On yeah. Well, price
2: wise, I it kept getting thrown at the Volt.
0: Right. Um.
2: Which styling wise, I like better anyway. Although the new Leaf looks pretty good too. Yeah. But price wise, the Volt was more. Yeah. Uh, in my range. Yeah. And that's the range anxiety I have. Yeah. (laughs) The budget. (laughs) Now, one thing I think not discussed, and I I don't know if this is, you know, you're more into the infrastructure. But um, one thing I think that needs to come up and it's not really discussed much is – miles per kilowatt hour if i'm saying that right because what Mm -hmm. you're what you're saying is like basically the batteries it's a pretty standard and the batteries hold so many kilowatt hours and a traditional ice car or ice vehicle the like if i wanted more range like we'll use my truck as an example it's got a 34 35 gallon tank um but with the so with the electric vehicles everyone's like oh they'll go 100 miles they'll go 200 miles but what i think um and this is me shopping for it is one reason I came up with this question. One thing I think is important for someone looking is – because we've also gotten from um, certain bike salesmen that it's basically free to fill these things up, right? <laughs> so – but I, I'm like it's not. But as they come more uh, prevalent and they're – you know, people are driving them more, the price of electricity is probably going to reflect that. So – what, I guess, like, what is the mile per kilowatt hour and how does that kind of translate for to back to MPGs? Like, what are we looking at? Like, you know, I, so I get 150 mile range, but if in reality it costs me 200 bucks to fill up, which I know it's not right, Electricitys or the electric cars yeah. are cheaper to fill. But, you know, is that a factor that these electric car manufacturers are looking at of also building fuel efficient cars even with electric because i think in the american auto industry that's something that for a long time was not important and now it is important and so i wonder if the electric industry if because no one is using that term or no one is giving that information out i wonder how much of it is kind of not getting paid attention to and i think that's still a very important factor of any vehicle
1: well, you know, with the Nissan Leaf uh uh is a good example when the when the first vehicles came out what really killed your range uh apart from how you drove the vehicle was uh the air conditioning and the heating. Uh what they did is they took the next step into uh creating more efficient heating and air conditioning okay so that it drew less power. Oh, you sure. know, and then, and then they also do um the aerodynamics of the vehicle too. Yeah. And then the final piece is if you look at a a BMW i3, for example, first Mm -hmm. thing you'll notice is that they're very tall, skinny tires, Mm -hmm. and they're very specific for EVs. Yeah. They have their own type tire today.
0: Okay. To reduce the coefficient of friction?
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it, and roll resistance and all that, yeah. Right.
0: I never, I never thought about that. But
2: I wonder with the heat and the air too. This is always like a debate. I don't know. I grew up in the Midwest, um, and like I grew up in like a car and motorcycle family, so it's always a debate that actually having the windows down is less efficient <laughs> right. than running the air conditioning. No. <laughs>
0: It's one yeah. of the, it's one of those things that you'll never know because there's no when
2: and no one ever like
0: test yeah. it like wind it's wind tunnel not. testing yeah it, it is it more of a drag where's MythBusters the, at now I know yeah right <laughs> when we need them with that question but you know that's a good question too that I, I I did have it down to ask you about the parody because I've heard the same sort of thing talked about oh is it going to cost me uh, I read on Zero Site that it only costs eighty one cents. But then I started looking at the numbers, and it was like, is that per day or is that per kilowatt hour? And and I started to wonder myself, is now is it costing me what I thought meant? What I thought they meant originally was eighty one cents to charge your bike, like fill it up from zero. But I think it's the average per kilowatt hour. And I did mine at twenty whatever cents or seventeen cents, whatever we pay per kilowatt hour here to charge it up for eight hours, and it came out to be around like two dollars. So I mean, yeah, it's not it's not 81 cents it's not as as low as i thought it would be but at the same time um you know in a car let's say you're uh, is it going to be pretty uh, like $12 to go what equivalently would in you know cost you $45 in gas or something like that i mean is it is there a huge uh difference or is it is there pretty much parity right now in the in the market
1: well uh, i think today an ev will cost you about 20 to 25% Of what it would take to fill your car with gas. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's quite a bit of savings with that. Now, to to do the real calculation, you need to know what you pay for electricity. Um, And in your home, Larry, uh, you pay a different rate based on the time of day.
2: Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: So it really yeah. – you have to know when to charge your vehicle if you're going to charge at home and When I, to take advantage of that.
2: I think a lot of them um, – what I was learning was uh, they're programmable. So you can come home from work and plug your car in and it won't actually start charging until the wee hours of the night.
0: I was going to say like midnight or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. So
2: that's actually really awesome on their end. You know, they're they, – what is it? They call it the peak hours or whatever and you can charge on off hours.
0: Yeah. Yep. So and for, so for motorcycles, obviously, when it takes eight hours to charge to zero. Now, I, I, see, I don't know. We don't have the specs for Lightning, and I haven't looked up the specs for Alta. But I, I, I don't know if those are one ten. But say you have a quick charger at your house for a car. And somehow you get an adapter or something. Does that mean that your motorcycle is only going to take two hours to fill up, you know, or, or is it just specifically based on whatever they have on board of the motorcycle? Like right now, the, the companies are the ones that are limited, not necessarily battery technology and not necessarily filling station technology. It sounds like the unit is what the, uh, you know, is what's basically holding them back right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's the manufacturer of the motorcycle What they need to do is they need to put a level two charging uh, uh, onboard charger on the vehicle.
2: And they had um, the one that the guy rode there had a better charger on it, didn't it?
0: Yeah, It it had an extended range battery and like a
2: power something charger. They
0: call it a power tank, and I'm not sure if that's what the level two charger adapter is. I don't know if it's the same
2: or not. Is the level two, that's the big plug that you put in, like if you got an electric car and you put a plug in your driveway,
1: right? Yeah, that's the typical uh, plug that you would use at home. Okay.
2: And is it the same, like, for example, like my work just put in a charging spot only in the president's spot, so it didn't sway me to buy an electric car anymore, (laughs) but is that still considered a level two also? Or is there a level three, like those filling stations that you guys are setting up, is that a level three or what?
1: Yeah, so the way it works is uh, every electric vehicle comes with a 110-volt charger in the trunk. Okay. Uh, same with same with the motorcycle. You get a hundred and ten yeah. volt. Same with my e bike. I have a hundred and ten volt charger. Yeah. And that's called level one. Okay. And that's at one hundred and ten volts. The next step up is uh, what we call a level two, which is typically two hundred and forty volts, um, much like your electric dryer at home. Okay. And then the next step up from there is what we call a level three, which gets into uh, Anywhere from 25 to 50 kilowatts of power.
2: Oh wow!
0: And how much power? How much power is that? Uh, I mean, is there a way to get to explain that to people? Is that like a 440 plug?
1: Yeah. Well, typically these units are uh, 480 volts. Okay. Um, here's a good example: a Nissan Leaf would take uh, the new one would take roughly six hours to charge on a level two. Mm. Uh, Level one at 110 volts, it would probably take 22 hours. Right. I was going to say that's a long time for a car to charge. If a bike takes eight hours, a car is going to take.
2: Yeah. And that's what I think they told me um, with the Volt charging level one. It was like two and a half miles per hour.
0: Oh, man. That it took to
2: charge how they like relate it back to your distance that was
0: getting charged in. So. So you need so, you need a level 2 at your house at least yeah. then. Yeah.
2: But with California right now yeah. it's like $750 to put in a level 2 and you get like a $600 reimbursement.
0: Right. That's from awesome. the state.
2: Oh. I think okay. the numbers were close to that. Right. And I'm pretty sure that was through California. So like cuz I was looking at a lease um it was pretty it wasn't too bad. It only cost you like 150 200 bucks or something like that to put in a level 2. Wow. And you had to pay a professional to do it. But you know, if most of it's getting reimbursed, whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, you can go to Amazon and buy a Level 2 charger. Okay. Wow. Uh, they probably have 20 different manufacturers. It's it's really become a commodity item. In, in fact, Lowe's and Home Depot, uh, typically they stock them on the shelf.
0: Do you have to know anything about electric to put them in? <laughs> Is it a plug and play? Or are you, you going to blow, oh, blow your hands off trying to install this thing?
1: Um, well, you should have a qualified electrician do the installation.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> well, depending where your box is, you're gonna have four or five hundred dollars in electric uh, wire. I think for two twenty is not super cheap. You got to get pretty decent gauge. Yeah. Because I looked at running two twenty to my garage.
0: From oh yeah from the pole from the my house yeah. no
2: my house has it but oh okay just from the
0: main box back yeah it's gonna be a few hundred bucks and yeah and gets, just wire yeah yeah uh, and then so level three that doesn't sound like it's. Uh, legal for home or whatever, installable in your home. That sounds like it's something that's only at filling stations. Is that is that what I'm getting?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unless you <laughs> uh, have an 8,000-square-foot home, odds are Level 3 isn't for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, yeah, commercial properties typically will – you'd see Level 3 devices installed.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, this is something I've seen that I, I you're the perfect person to ask about. I've seen in, uh, I believe it was Montebello, the buses, the public city buses are running on uh, electric now. And mm-hmm. at, there's two stops, one halfway between, you know, let's say this, the, let's just say it's, it goes into oval at the uh, start and finish line on one side, there would be a box. And then approximately, you know, across the oval on the other side, basically halfway through the route, there's this, what looks like a lamp post almost, you know, like an overhead lamp, like a street lamp. And these buses are driving under it. And the halfway point is usually the break point where the driver gets out and takes a break and walks around for a few minutes and gets a drink and then gets back on. And so at the halfway points, those two halfway points, there's these wireless chargers. Is that, uh, is that a technology that's you know consumer-based or is that right now, is that just for commercial purposes?
1: Well, today they have electric buses. Uh, there's at least... Uh... Uh, four or five companies that manufacture them, and what makes them unique is uh, is buses run a set route every day right and oftentimes they 'll put uh very large charging stations along the route, and every time the bus stops they 'll charge for a couple of minutes, and then that allows them to complete their route
0: right cool maybe that you mm-hmm. know maybe that 's what these were maybe they were talking about the halfway points where they stop for a while but maybe every every route has one of those and i just they didn't mention that in the article but that's and that's another interesting you know for fleet vehicles or vehicles that have like a, a delivery route or something that might be something for the
1: future yeah but, but those aren't wireless uh they connect on the top of the bus
0: okay so they were touching it just didn't look like it i guess yeah yeah okay yeah. but still i mean not having to actually get out and plug in the the bus to something <laughs> and then
1: yeah you know, get out and
0: unplug it every every two seconds or whatever however long you're stopped uh, seems like a benefit um, mm-hmm. and then something else i've i've read about, and um I think I you know on LinkedIn I might have talked to you about it was the the technology in the delivery systems right now there's i mean they're they 're getting up to the point where they have to have cool, like liquid cooled hoses now to deliver. Um, you know the amount of volts and the and the just the sheer amount of electricity to the to the cars, so does that mean that they 're pushing pushing so much energy that cars can fill up like you would at a gas station
1: Well, you know the ultimate goal is to uh, get get the uh, recharging time down to that of refueling time. Right. Like, yeah. So,
0: th- well, the average is like seven, seven minutes or something like that. Right. I
1: mean. Yeah, that's correct.
0: Okay. With um,
2: with the recharging, is it safer than gasoline? Like, you know, gasoline, you're supposed to stand there in case it doesn't click off, right? Yeah. With the electricity, what are the chances of it catching on fire or something? Like, is it something when I refill because it's going to be at a little mini mart? I don't need to stand there. I can plug it in and I can go in and I can use the restroom yeah. and I can get a coffee and a monster and six Red Bulls and yeah. <laughs> and a lottery ticket. Um and then I can come out and my car's charged. Yeah. There's no fumes to ignite electricity <laughs> yeah. from what I so, know. So I mean, is it actually like even if I mean I know that everyone's still gonna try and hit the magic number of seven minutes, but is it really that important if it were at seven minutes because you can plug it in and walk inside?
1: Well, you know, that's interesting. So charging rates today uh, will not be anywhere near seven minutes. And the issue with that is, is uh, more OEMs produce electric vehicles. Consumers want to drive further. Mm-hmm. So when, if you want to drive further, then that means you need a bigger battery pack. Mm. Uh, the bigger battery pack then takes longer with the current technology to charge.
0: Right,
1: okay. So what you're seeing is big, bigger charging stations that are being developed and will be deployed. And what that means is they'll just push more power faster. Right.
0: Okay. Is, that, is that where the liquid-cooled hoses come in?
1: Yeah, and, and that's uh, where they come in. you push that much power uh, through a cable, uh, two things will happen. It hot. Uh, one, it gets hot, or and then number two, the size of it, uh, consumers have to be able to handle this cable and it can't be much bigger than a regular gas hose. Right. So the the only way to push that much power through a cable is to actually liquid cool it, uh, internally.
0: Right. Either that or everybody, even like 90 year old grannies are going to have to start doing pearls <laughs> in order to lift 90 pounds of cable out of the, uh, receptacle and plug it into the car. <laughs> I, That's right. I never thought about that actually, that, that, uh, you know, wire isn't light, you know, the especially right. a big fat bundle that, well, we that might. still use copper, right? I mean, is it getting any
2: better than copper?
1: No, they'll, they'll probably always use copper. Um, it yeah. seems to be the, the choice. Copper is probably one of the most efficient conductors out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that leads me to, um, you know, the pros and cons of all this, what, uh, obviously the pros are that apparently it's cleaner uh, although i don't know is if it really is or not is there i mean with infrastructure i know i don't know if you get into the socio political <laughs> arguments that everyone loves to make but uh you know for the components for the batteries for the components for the charging stations and stuff like that are we is it actually greener i'm wondering just because you know there's there's we have a particular listener that likes to Uh, send in stuff about the cadmium mimes in Africa and South America that are like, you know, these villages. It's only available in these like crazy rural villages. So everybody's working to dig, you know, stuff for these batteries. But some of the battery technology that I've been reading about is using new synthetic stuff that you can only make in a lab. So these poor scientists are like, you know, stuck in these <laughs> labs for, for the rest of their lives, not seeing their families. So the the pros and the cons, is it as green? Like is is the whole electric push as green as it needs to be? Or is it like people that are hoping, or is it kind of a fool's errand? Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? Being in the industry yourself.
1: So I think, you know, we can always have the debate about uh, mining for lithium, in rivers and using child labor for that. Okay. Are,
0: I'm all for.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think the actual production of the car is greener than building an ice car. Okay. What I do know is that there's no pollutants coming out of the vehicle.
0: Right. So after the nah. basic manufacture of it, they're as dirty to make as an ice car, but then that's where it stops, is that?
1: Um that's probably a safe thing to say. What we don't know is where your power comes from so yeah. if 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 your power is generated by a, a coal plant, then that's probably not as green um as a as a nuclear or gas turbines.
2: Well, so, here in California, we strive to be very green. However, we do not like to see solar panels on our neighbor's house
0: <laughs> that's, yeah you, that's where we're at right now. Some of the older neighborhoods around here, if you have a craftsman or something like that, yeah, they completely abhor the – you better have that shake, shingle, roof or whatever That's just heck, Or you know. Irvine. Oh, oh, is Irvine I, the same
2: way? I mean everything's laid out. So unless like Irvine Company said yes, solar panels, then no. Oh, you're kidding me. I mean, that's you got to get that approved anywhere. Uh-huh. You know, it's just funny to hear like people be like hypocrites, like yeah, I, I think it should be greener, and then you're like, oh cool, I'm going to put solar panels in my house, and they're like, no, that's no, going ru- to That's an eyesore. Yeah, it ruins the way the neighborhood. And I'm works. like, how is like so? My wife's dad actually works for a power company, and they were wanting to build solar panels like out in the desert, yeah. and everyone complains, and they're like, you're not going to see them, <laughs> and they're very like clean.
0: Yeah,
2: and it was like, no, we don't want to do that. And he's like, "But you want green energy?" Yeah. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, we want we want cleaner energy. Well, we should do solar panel. No, no, we don't want to <laughs> see solar panels."
0: And it was uh the dog chasing its tail. Uh, That's just people being hypocrites. That's a
2: totally other podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll do we'll do the hypocrite podcast <laughs> once one of these days. Um, so, so yeah, so I mean, I guess I mean for everything. For, uh, even a, even a car that was made in 1970 let's say uh that's still out there running around i mean there's i i love muscle i love big muscle cars actually like from the late 60s and early 70s and then you just even to throw one of those in a in a landfill or or a uh, like a salvage yard you know what i mean like you're already there it's just so weird like I, I i love it and at the same time i could see even just getting rid of it how much the worse that is than just like keeping it in the museum or something like that off the, out of the, out of the ground and all this. I think I'm
2: totally down to convert my Plymouth to electric.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and that's another thing is that I noticed a lot of hot rods are getting a a while back um, turned into electric and the capabilities um, as far as, you know, you were talking about batteries, uh, you know, having being the size of the car and getting bigger batteries and this and that, is there a limit to, uh can you stack them kind of like you can stack a wankel rotary engine and just keep getting more and more and more power especially if the batteries get more dense and power efficient.
1: Like can well, you sure you, you sure you can.
0: Make like an electric hot rod, right? I mean
1: um you can do that and Tesla's coming out with a semi.
0: Right. That's yeah, electric. I, I saw so. that. I saw that. The not only the electric but the uh self-driving, I mean everything um, when, when everything is powered now off of like the the cars, electrics become more an integral part of the car with the audio systems and the Wi-Fi and the self-driving and everything takes a little bit more electricity. Is that going to also be a, a burden on the the battery capacity right now and and like added charging times?
1: Uh, not at all. No. Okay. No.
0: Um, and so <laughs> I'm just baffled by the the motorcycle aspect of it, just because it kind of sounds like cars have a clear and present future, like, a, an idea of where things are going. Um, how can we get motorcycle range to increase? Is it just the putting a level two charger on a bike and, uh, getting a more dense battery? I mean, is that basically what it boils down to?
1: So, yeah, I think first steps first, I think it's always baby steps. I think for, uh, electric motorcycles, they need to have a level two charger installed on board. And I think that would drastically reduce the charging time. Right. And then I think the battery chemistry is changing. They're getting denser. There's a lot of research now into solid state batteries, which will recharge in one fifth the time. Right. So I think we'll see those breakthroughs come through uh, on the next five to seven years and I think once we do that, and you can increase the range of a an electric motorcycle, and you can recharge quickly, I can't see a reason why anyone would want a uh, ice motor.
0: Right. So basically, they're gonna make they're gonna make them, uh, you know, competitive at least with with uh, ice vehicles. Then, because I mean, I, I was thinking about it myself and. It's like the Sportster 48. What's the tank size on that thing? It's like 1.3 <laughs> gallons or something, right? It's tiny. I think it's over two, but not by a okay. lot. Okay. Because if you can only go, you know, and some of these choppers that I see that has like the 0. 0.9 gallon peanut tank on them, if you can only do 100 miles on your chopper or whatever. Oh, they're know, doing less than that. Look, so the e-bikes already. Yeah, the
2: sporties are around 100 miles. Yeah.
0: so the So an electric motorcycle is already beating that. You just got to get the fill time and the charge time down. So you just got to make it more attractive, I guess. And the the other thing is that prices. Are we going to see as these things become more mainstream? I I have I just feel right now that they're so, you know, um, incredibly expensive. Uh, even for a motorcycle to be as much as a sedan, a family sedan, but less utilitarian, I think is just crazy. Like the Energicas are like twenty. Or it's thirty thousand dollars for the ego, 30, or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm thinking for thirty thousand dollars, a family of four could get a nice <laughs> little hatchback. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. is battery technology the more prevalent it comes? And obviously, when everything goes to electric, it's going to be like a computer or a cell phone. Correct? Am I am I correct in assuming that? Where they were like ten thousand dollars for a green screen Apple, t- you know, back in the day, and now computers are a couple hundred bucks. You know, is that how battery technology works?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of down to wait then <laughs> for an electric motorcycle. <laughs> I'm not going to go out because, see, Carl was – we, we uh, the salesman at Hollywood Electrics that uh, we went and test road bikes <laughs> there a, a few months ago, and he was really selling us on the fact that the resale values don't drop on these things. But as soon And that you, the
2: price boom, of the new ones was just going to continue to go, go up. up.
0: But my my whole thing was like, well, it doesn't work that way with any other commodity. How is it going to work well, that think way?
2: think about – like, 15 years ago, a new computer was $1,000. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. now a new computer is $1,000, and it does 10,000 times more right, stuff. Right, right.
0: Yeah, uh, 15 years ago, a flip-up cell phone was, like, <laughs> yeah. the same as the iPhone that I have my whole life on yeah. now. Yeah, so you're right. Exactly.
2: And I think in Zero's case, I think one of the issues they have is they really don't have much competition. And as that competition comes, where and this is where the auto industry, it's kind of happening, where you have the... They have a Prius E, I think. They have a Ford Do they have a Focus E or something different? They've got a Fiat five hundred E, they've got the Nissan Leaf, Chevy's got the Bolt and the Volt.
0: Mm-hmm. Not
2: that the Volt is technically all electric,
0: but Right. And then BMW's got the I three and yeah. Mercedes and Volkswagen have E cars. I know. I don't know if they're available in the States, but I mean everybody's got yeah. an E cars. And
2: then saying. with the Tesla Model Three is like thirty five or thirty eight thousand dollars. And, I mean, the other Teslas are killing everything else that's on the street right now. Yeah. The Model S and the – well, the Roadster is not exactly on the street, but
0: – Yeah. Not anymore. Right. No, I get it. I get it. And and right now, Zero uh, – until Alta makes a, more than one road legal bike that appeals more to just a supermoto person, yeah, Zero doesn't have um, – as soon as Brammo went away, as soon as Polaris bought Bramo and put yeah. him in the back back room – um, until harley comes out with the live whatever they're going to call their you know because energica is not competition for like or for zero. Not for zero not at that price no. point there, there's
2: no there's really no comparison so no
0: what they're going to do is get eyes on electric racing and then people are going to say oh bikes can go fast and then they're going to go back yeah. to you know buy, scoop up old zero which honestly
2: and maybe it's my perspective but i think that's one thing tesla did with the model s like that car is fast. And then all these people were like, oh, shit, that car is fast. Yeah. And then it, it brought a whole new set of eyes to that vehicle. Yeah. So, of course, at like, what are they, $80,000? <laughs> yeah,
0: they're pretty pricey. But, yeah, when you can smoke the Ferraris that drive up and down here on honey, Well,
2: and when you look at – so I went and looked at a new Nissan Leaf. Um, and the new one just came out, like, I think this month. And um, it was – it's like a thirty-five or $40,000 car, but it's kind of a small hatchback. Um, the Chevy Bolt was the same. It's a very small little compact car and it's like 40 grand. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are all these little tiny cars so expensive? But that was why it's, it's the electric. That's one reason I was looking at the Volt was the price was actually less, even though it's a bigger car.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And John, one, one, uh, one last thing before we go, when, when we're finally pricing out these cars and motorcycles, what type of stuff? do we need to be looking at? Cause I'm looking at stats. I don't know what a kilowatt hour versus an amp, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> is it's sort of the thing that we were talking about earlier with the parity to miles per gallon and then cost to fill it. Like what should I be looking at when I'm looking at a motorcycle? Should I be looking at the, should I, I mean, is it a whole package deal where I'm looking at the amp hours and the kilowatt hours or is it kind of like you were mentioning the subtle things, like the tires? Should I be making sure they're not on these huge, fat Dunlops if I want the rolling resistance to be, you know, as, as small as possible? Or is it a, a combination of, of everything? Um, to, to, but let me set you up for this question because I want to know first off what is a kilowatt hour.
1: It's a kilowatt hour is a, a kilowatt's a thousand, so okay. a thousand watt hours.
0: Okay. And how does that translate when I'm when I'm trying to figure out which motorcycle I should buy? Do I look at the amp hours or the kilowatt hours, or is it a, a reading of both?
2: Well the kilowatt hours is like a volume measurement
1: kind of, right? It is. Yeah. So that's what you want to look for is the kilowatt hour right. that's of how many, the battery pack.
0: Right. That's your available power or your yeah. constant power for this and many. But hours, it's not necessarily right? like your fuel efficiency. Right. Is that where the amp hours mm-hmm. comes in?
1: So think of it this way. Kilowatt hours, uh, the size of the battery pack will determine how far you can go. Right. And then the size electric motor will play into that and how you can then drive that vehicle to obtain that type of mileage, okay. if that makes sense. So. Yeah. You know, a lot of these, um, I'm not sure about Zero, but uh, a lot of EVs, they have an eco mode, which means that they dial the motor way down so that it draws less ampacity and therefore the kilowatt hours last longer and you get greater range.
2: Zero actually, I think, had that. We just turned it off as soon as we got off the sidewalk.
0: Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Custom mode, let's just say, was uh, pretty fun. You could do wheelies. uh,
2: But it will (laughs) do that, and that was kind of nice. And one thing with the – and the cars might be the same, although I don't know if it's as drastic. But um, with the bikes, the freeway really killed the range because you're – You know, I I think um, old 70s sport bikes used to be compared to semis because they were just like you had the motor and then you had the rider and it's all like a flat surface. Right. So as you you increase, yeah, as you increase the speed, it really, really killed the the gas mileage. And the zeros are
0: kind of like that,
2: especially, you know, Supermoto where you're sitting upright.
0: So. Yeah. So you you can think of the kilowatt hours just like a fuel tank. And if you take it easy at 40 down the boulevards, you're going to get, you know, 100, 200, 300 miles out of that fuel tank, depending on how big it is. But if you're ripping around the freeways at 80 miles an hour, you're going to get about a third of that. So is that basically how kilowatt, the kilowatt of the bike, you know, the the measures out in range?
1: Yeah, absolutely true.
0: Okay, okay. And then the yeah. motors, like what's a good size? Because I've seen some motors that are like 2,000 watts. And uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm not familiar enough with uh, the motor sizes on motorcycles. Yeah. Um, in the EV world, um, oftentimes they're anywhere from 75 uh, to 160 horsepower rated Electric motors.
0: Right. Okay. And I've—it's been a while since I looked, but I know that there is a direct uh horsepower equals, you know, electric load. I, I, I'm gonna have to look that up before I get all excited now about two thousand watts because that might be like one point two horsepower when I when I do the math. Uh,
1: um Yeah, actually, it's a little bit less than three.
0: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I saw 2,000 watts, 72 volts. I was like, yes, 72 volts. Uh, but then, yeah, now I'm not so excited about this anymore. <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to uh, take this out of my cart on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what's a good price per, uh, you know, dollar price per kilowatt hour as far as, you know, is there, is it kind of fixed? Can you kind of make that correlation at this point?
1: Well, I think in the auto industry, no, you can't. Right. Okay.
0: Is it because think, there's infotainment and everything else to worry about when you're thinking of what you're getting for your dollars?
1: Oh, there's so much more involved than right. just the powertrain, right? Okay,
0: okay, okay, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Well, if I'm going to go look at a motorcycle then, uh, I'm going to pay attention to all that. I'm definitely going to look for kilowatts because that means more power available. Whether, yeah, whether, yep. uh Yeah, okay, so good. And then I'm also going to – my my thing is like in the future – um, what can we expect to see? And I'm thinking, wouldn't big cruisers make a lot of sense? Cause you got a lot of space to store batteries on these huge frame, you know, like the victory Vision's a good example. That thing was just nuts with space. Once Plus you took- it already
2: looked like a starship. Anyway, yeah, I know. So. I know. It looked, it looked like the, <laughs> well, new if it journey. sounded like one. It would be even better. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. bet. Uh, I mean, it's 15 years away. Maybe, maybe less if this is true, but I bet the next generation gold wing might just be an electric bike. There you go. Maybe, could be. If Honda ever decides to do anything with it instead of just being behind the times. (laughs) Catching it. They're just playing, constantly playing catch-up. You know, so they just released a new one. The last one lasted almost 20 years. Yeah, it was a while, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if that would be in the works for that bike. You know, if they can get the range they want and the charge time they want, then why not? I mean, that's... The people buying Goldwings are the people that want that kind of stuff,
0: right? Yeah, as far as that goes, infrastructure-wise, where can we expect to be in twenty years? Oh, I think I'd say like five years.
1: Do are either one of you familiar with a uh, app called PlugShare?
2: No, no, it sounds like my gas buddy for electric cars. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, if you download that app. It'll show you every charging station anywhere in the United States.
2: I'd say in 20 years, it'd have to be on every corner like a gas station now. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, Europe, they're phasing it out in less than 20 years. So even in the States, I mean, we've got to be, there's, there'd be charging stations all over the place. Yeah.
1: One of so, the, yeah, one of the things. Just, I mentioned... just a guess, just a guess. How many charging stations do you think there are in the state of California? Oh okay. what man. would be your guess? California? I probably
0: drive by like five of <laughs> them
1: a day and don't even know.
0: Yeah. I mean, does this include, uh, like at businesses, like in their parking lots and stuff like that?
1: Or... Yeah, not not counting people's homes, okay. but just uh, out in, out in the public. Well, what about like, like I said earlier,
2: like my work put in a charging station that wouldn't count, right? That would be considered. Not considered someone's home, but it wouldn't be considered a outside charging station. Like a a public one. Like you mean like fueling stations where you would pull up and fill up.
1: Uh, I'm talking about just a charging station like the one that you've referenced at your work.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. So we're talking at the mall. Yeah. We're talking at the mall or like any yeah. I'm I'm gonna say like I'm gonna say like thirteen hundred.
1: Wow.
2: I'd say you're off off by a zero. Wow. 130,000? Because he's not saying...
1: No, I think there's uh, 13,000 stations in California.
0: Oh, yeah. You said 1,300. Yeah, Yeah. just one zero. I I added two. I know. I was like, you're not going to 130, are you? (laughs) You're not taking it down? (laughs) Yeah, I was
1: was really adding.
0: 13,000. That's a pretty good number. And for California, are these... What's the word? Like consolidated in like San Diego, LA, and San Francisco? Or is this... Uh, pretty well spread out over the state.
1: Well, you know, they're consolidated within major metro areas.
0: Right. Okay. So in Nebraska, there's probably five.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. South Dakota, I don't think there's any EVs there. Yes. Oh, you're
0: kidding me. Whoa.
2: In their defense, how many gas stations are in South Dakota? (laughs) Twelve. There's well, one th- every eighty miles on the freeway.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's only three hundred people that live there. So yeah. how many gas stations <laughs> yeah. do you live?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh that's a pretty good I mean, that's a pretty good start. And, and I don't know if you can give us numbers or anything like that, but how many do you think you're gonna be responsible for building like in the next, let's say, five years?
1: Well, I think uh I think just in the state of California we'll build uh a couple hundred. Yeah within the next 14 months
0: no kidding so if we multiply that by let's say a decade that's yeah that's going to be on every corner
1: yeah these charging stations will be nothing like you've seen on the market yet
0: okay okay yeah don't spoil it this is going to be interesting i want in a Fourteen months. I'm going to go around and see <laughs> if I can if I can spot what you're talking about. Um, well, and, and are you going? Are you global? Do you work internationally, or is it just the states right now? Are we sharing this with Canada and Mexico?
1: Uh, currently, it's just North America. Right. Uh, excuse me, just the U.S. Right. Okay. Market.
0: Okay. All right. So. Have you traveled to South Dakota yet and tried to uh, set up a charger there? <laughs> and they're like, no thanks.
1: Uh, you know, I've been in 36 states on uh w- working on EV projects really? and uh South Dakota North Dakota not one are states those. I have not been to. <laughs>
0: okay. Wow. No, that's that's cool. That's interesting though cuz it's kind of I I think I can kind of guess where we're going uh where this stuff I is I feel like be. Alaska
2: would get some before those two states. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, You know, ironically, probably because they have been big proponents of global warming and all that stuff. With well, the...
2: Anchorage is a pretty decent metropolitan yeah, area
0: too. Yeah, no kidding. Well, uh, I think I don't have any more questions. Now that, now that I know what to look for in a bike and I think I can assume that I'm going to wait another 10 years before, you know, for the price to come down and for the kilowatt hour or the kilowatts to go up, I think I... you've you've informed me enough to wait a little bit and not get too excited uh, even regardless of what comes out in the next five years you know maybe in the next decade I'll get excited about it
1: (laughs) all right very good Uh, but but, uh, I
2: already am like I literally started shopping like a week ago Um, my motivation was more not selling my truck but not driving it every day Um, I do spend about 350 bucks a month in fuel And then the big thing really was my truck's got 240,000 miles on it. So just like maintenance of driving it, um, I figured it's 60 miles a day, which came out to like 15,000 miles a year. Um, so what I was looking at was like a lease to save some money. And I've, what I've found with the Volt is I can pretty well break even, but I'm not really saving any money yet. So I'm going to do some more shopping and some more figuring
0: on what it actually costs to drive my truck. Yeah. And, uh, But I mean, it's what you, what you pay in gas is a car payment. You know, there is your, your no,
2: I I actually, yeah. So in fuel alone, I can, is more than I would spend on the lease payment. Oh, no
0: kidding.
2: Yeah. For a 15,000 mile lease, but there's just other stuff added on, um, you know, insurance and registration oh, right, right, right. and and things like that. And it's not like I would stop driving my truck. So I was trying to figure out what it actually like because I still go to the motorcycle track. Right. So I would still need a truck for that. The other thing, the debate is a small little two-bike trailer and a hitch on right. the Volt, which is a
0: possibility. Right. But um, I'm not scared to be like that hillbilly with a car and a motorcycle and a trailer. <laughs> right. do, do they make roof racks for the Leafs, John? Do you know, or for the uh, Volts? That you can just drive your motorcycle up on top. <laughs> it probably kills yeah. the gas mileage, but yeah, yeah, I don't
1: know about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So that's 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 good. You know, that's funny. I didn't uh, realize that you would actually save money going electric there.
2: A little bit, yeah. um, and again, the Volt's not totally electric. What I don't understand with the Volt is it's got like a hundred horsepower electric motors, but it's got like a hundred and fifty horsepower, like one and a half liter inline four to run the generator. Huh. And I'm mm-hmm. like, to, I'm like, why would you have a more
0: powerful generator motor than electric motors? <laughs> I know that doesn't. That's that's crazy. I used to have a 1.8 liter that only well, made like Well, and 90 horse. In
2: those regards too, and, you know, maybe diesel's not that clean, but you could have a little tiny diesel that made really good power and was pretty compact to run a generator because you're basically going to run it wide open for so long or like, you know, with a big load on
0: it. Right. Yeah, the pumping loss and all that stuff Yeah, for. That's a whole go. other debate on electric cars.
2: Like I said, the only reason I really even looked at the Volt was it was actually cheaper yeah. than some of the other options that were out right now. But yeah, it's is, definitely coming. It's happening. Like, it just takes – I mean, honestly, it's funny because everyone's like, oh, I want to wait. I want to wait. I want to wait. And I'm like, well, if everyone waits, the technology is never yeah, going to get there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a good point. Maybe buy or lease now and then buy in a few years. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe – uh, you've convinced me, John, or you've reconvinced me, Chris, uh, to, uh, buy now. And you then... work
2: from home. You don't even really, <laughs> I, like... know,
0: I don't need to commute anywhere. Uh, <laughs> I put not... as many miles on my truck in a month as you do in a year. I probably, <laughs> yeah. What am I worried about? So, well, Hey, thank you for wasting some time with us. I think we've been on the phone for about an hour picking your brain. Is there anything that we didn't cover that we need to know about, electric that, uh, that, you can tell us, or, you know, the range anxiety that some listeners may have, um, you know, is that, it, it's a thing. And I don't think it's going to not be a thing until it's proven that you can go six or 800 miles and then charge up in, you know, under 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. I think uh, range anxiety, is not really a real thing.
0: It's like a, per- think, it's like a uh, perception.
1: Well, certainly it's a perception. And when you drive an electric vehicle, You know, what everybody tends to look at is uh, they're fearful that they're going to run out of power. Right. And the recharging times aren't there yet. But I think in the next three years, you'll see major OEMs come out with a new product line. Right. That will go further, uh, be more luxurious, and the prices will be competitive.
2: I think with some of the smaller ones in the the smaller range, like again, what I was looking at was not selling my truck and just basically driving it Monday through Friday to work. And you know, that's another reason why the Volt I think is a good option for a lot of people that maybe they are scared of, well, what if I want to go to Vegas this weekend? Or what if I want to drive to Sacramento or something? If it's the only vehicle they have, but what you're saying, if there's a hundred or a 13,000, charging stations is yeah, that the right there's one There's got to be one on the way, right? <laughs> there, yeah, then there's definitely charging stations and it, it's something that people can, you know, you can download the what was the name of the app? PlugShare?
1: Yep, PlugShare.
0: Yeah,
2: I'll put that yeah. in the
0: show notes. The people who are driving right now if EVs can get Yeah, it a and maybe there. it's
2: something too if you're listening and you're like, "Uh, you know, I've thought about it, but download the app and look at charging stations and maybe that'll help ease some of your fears." And honestly, sure. What one thing that did it for me was going and riding an electric motorcycle, like really helped, even though we talk about how crazy our salesman was once in a while, like it really (laughs) helped kind of alleviate some stuff. And I, um, junkie even talks about it. I was kind of hard on the salesman, like asking some questions that he didn't want to answer, but it was things that I needed answers to before I thought that I was going to drop money on it. Um, you know yeah. and I, I think that goes to electric cars and that's you know i asked those questions but now i'm seriously shopping for an electric vehicle so it
0: and, may, maybe they
2: were mean questions but maybe it put me in a spot where i'm actually shopping for
0: one yeah and after talking to john tonight i'm gonna look for bikes that have you know level two chargers because yeah. then if there is a charging station i'm I'm almost up for a challenge and i'm not you know if you you, it, we're in a time and in, in an age right now where w- if you get stranded somewhere you're a phone call on a two or three hour drive away it's not like the yeah. old west where you have to camp there for three days <laughs> till somebody comes yeah. by so you know worst you know worst case scenario you're trapped for a little bit you get a tow to someplace where you can plug in for eight hours you know but yeah like if there's- a, another
2: question and this might be something if it's not happening for you to look into i mean if if you're setting up you know if you're on team setting up charging stations but if i call if i have an electric vehicle and i run out of power and i call AAA do they have a way to to basically bring a charge cuz i know like i've ran out of gasoline and they've brought you know they bring you a 3 or 5 gallons of fuel and you put it in your car um is there anything that can be done for like basically AAA because that's if it's not a problem yet it will become one
1: yeah so AAA does offer a recharging surf- uh, service. Oh, all right. And they have a van that's set up with a charger on board and they have a generator on board and they can literally recharge your vehicle.
0: Holy cool. Cow. Wow. Cool. They so thought of everything. <laughs> yeah, right? They're already on top <laughs> wow. of it. That. Wow.
1: That's awesome. That that would make me not
0: feel so bad about riding a motorcycle now like even even getting uh, maybe a third of what a car could get, you
2: know? I mean, if you think, like, if you're riding a motorcycle and you're really getting low, you could pull into a gas station. Like, how many f- gas stations have a little 110 plug I outside? Know. Like, you won't get a lot, but...
0: You know, and I would sit there and eat lunch for a couple hours, you know? Yeah. But with a, it's just, it's funny. It, it'd be just awesome if it was a level two and you were just there for... Because yeah. think of how fast, if he's saying that it could fill a car in a couple hours... A fourteen point four kilowatt hour battery has yeah. got to be like you know forty minutes. You know, yeah. I could sit there and eat lunch for forty minutes. I
2: think that's what they said. The zero fast pack
0: or whatever yeah.
2: extra pack thing was forty five minutes or an
0: hour. Yeah, see that that makes more sense to me. You know, and and so, but mm-hmm. that's it's, it's important to you know like it, this has been kind of eye opening because now I know if I. You know, even Nergica, as expensive as they are, if they don't have a level two, it's like not even worth it. You know, like not even worth dropping that cash.
2: And um, and the only thing I'm comparing it to is I have a buddy with a Prius with a bunch of extra batteries, so it doesn't run the electric stuff very often. Um, a standard size battery in a car these days, like how large is that? Um, like square feet wise, is it like four feet wide and two feet and a, a foot thick, or are they I know it's not yeah. this small. Is it like the same size as a car battery that I'm using? You know,
1: no. So most of the most of the electric vehicles today put the batteries in the floor pan. Okay, so, so they're like built be, into the car. You know, yeah, they'll be four and a half feet wide, and they'll probably be uh, six feet long. Okay, and they'll probably be ten to eleven inches deep.
2: Okay, it's almost like they're replacing the sound deadening material with the battery. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I was wondering, like. So say you had a two hundred mile range. How far away is Vegas? Vegas <laughs> is
0: four hundred. It, it, it's uh, I want to say it's four hundred miles.
2: So something. if you had a car that was capable of like a three hundred mile range, um, could you almost like have like it might be kind of heavy too, but like a battery pack, you know, that was like fifty pounds that you could set in the trunk and plug in that gave you an extra fifty or hundred miles.
1: Mm, doesn't work that way.
2: Oh. I'm
0: just running out of good
2: ideas. My triple A one I should have stopped after the triple A question. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. I should have yeah. just yeah. let it be then.
0: <laughs> Rad. Well, hey, John, thank you so much for, for spending some quality time with us. Um, I'm gonna let you get back to your, your evening. And uh please, if um you know, if anybody has any questions, I feel a little bit more qualified now to uh it's two hundred and fifty three miles to Vegas. I just looked up on the uh, my maps. You were way off. I was way off. You could make that on an electric uh, motorcycle, I think, at fifty miles an hour. <laughs> but but I do feel a little bit more qualified to shop and to talk with people about uh, what's going on and just you know being able to tell people to keep an eye open for the next five years. You know, and
2: we've kind of hit on it a couple times on the show, but I think my big takeaway is just reaffirming what we know but don't be so scared to look into it like yeah it's definitely coming it's definitely getting better um filling stations are definitely popping up so if it's something you've been considering or maybe even not considering like a few months ago i wasn't considering one and then i yeah. we went and wrote them so yeah i say look into it do a little research and and see if it might work for someone you know like i commute 60 miles a day around trip yeah, And I get 16 to 18 mile a gallon, which, let's face it, is actually pretty good for an American vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a subcompact. <laughs> like, you have a little four-cylinder
0: Scion. What do you get? Mid-20s? Uh, I get 34. Do you really? If, wow. If it's if tuned up in the It's oil. even the SUV one. Yeah, the little refrigerator. Yeah, on if wheel.
2: mine's all tuned up in fresh oil, I get over 20. Yeah. Which, for a pickup, is pretty good. Yeah. Like, about the only thing that outdoes me is, like, the little Toyotas and the Ford Rangers. But yeah. an F1... I don't want to say this because the EcoBoost, but like a V8 F-150, yeah, no I don't way. think it'll touch that. No
1: yeah.
0: Well, thank you, John. Okay. We're going we're to cut you loose. Have a, yep. have a good rest of the evening, and, and thanks for schooling us on the uh, infrastructure. Thanks for being on well. the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I had a good time. Thanks, guys.
0: If we get some hate mail and I need to clarify something, I'm going to call you back because uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to say something that's totally, <laughs> totally wrong. But uh, even if we say something right, we're going to get hate mail. We're going to get hate it. mail. But yeah, thank you. Thanks yeah. for clarifying a lot of stuff and uh, oh. helping us set the record straight.
1: Well, good. Glad to help. You guys have a great night. Right. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: Rad. So. <laughs> I was way off. Vegas, I must be going the long way to Vegas. Yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> you go through Phoenix.
0: Wait, how do you up, normally up through go to the Hoover Vegas? Dam. You normally go to Vegas.
2: And he does it all on his SR250, ladies yeah. right, and
0: gentlemen. On one tank of gas. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, the, the last time I went to Vegas, uh, I made it, I filled up once at like State Line. And then on the way back, I filled up like 80 times because I was like, I don't know why I got scared on the way back. I was going to run out of gas. But <laughs> on the way there, I only filled up one time. So thank you, John, for, uh, you know, somebody that actually works in the vehicle infrastructure industry to come in and and, uh, kind of talk a little bit about it. And I I know he doesn't work for a motorcycle company and he doesn't work for a car company, but I knew I've I've spoken to him a little bit on LinkedIn and and uh, along with some other people that are doing some stuff in uh, overseas in Asia and yeah this motorcycle commuting thing is like huge you know what i mean and the range anxiety doesn't seem to affect anybody but this the states where you have these huge freeways that take you three thousand miles you know and in other countries uh the guy hasn't he's like what's range anxiety you know and i'm like oh my god and he's an he's an expat over there doing electric motorcycle stuff so hey are you uh anxious to do a challenge this week what do you think we should do
2: Oh yeah, Did I didn't you... even look. Oh yeah, no, no, I didn't have to look because it wasn't like a Craigslist one, right?
0: Uh, yeah, it,
2: it was like a unlimited budget. Oh no, 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 no! That's oh. next
0: week's challenge. Oh man, this I'm, week I'm is a week week electric bike. Oh, were we looking up electric bike? I'm way yeah, off then for sub five thousand bucks. Oh yeah, I remember that. You want to look? We real should fast? talk about something else for a minute. Yeah. Hey, listen. What we haven't talked about—the elephant in the room this week—aside from now you think we're a bunch of like electric driving hippies, which we're not—is <laughs> that uh, you know I prided myself on flat track last year, uh, keeping tabs on everything from Daytona to some local scuzzbag hooligans that uh, <laughs> we, we've learned to love and then uh, follow. But here it is. Uh, by the time this comes out, AFT is going to have run in Daytona. It's uh, a couple days. It's on uh, Thursday. So it happened yesterday. It happened yesterday. Did you guys watch Fans' Choice? I put it up on our Facebook page. I want to make a prediction. On Instagram.
2: No, I don't want to jinx him.
0: Oh, no. I wasn't going to say he Colby win. Carlisle, you don't think he's going <laughs> to win? But there's hella news that's been brewing in the, in the off season. And I haven't mentioned any of it because we've been covering our own flat track, like Mama Tried and uh, some of the tracker cross shit that's happening. You know what I mean? Like we we're, the past few months, we've been covering that. But uh, this year, do you know how many, how many people are going to be on FTRs, 750s this year? I don't
2: know a number, but I know it's a
0: lot. Yeah, people saw them win last year, and they're still the the Indian wrecking crew hasn't changed. It's still going to be Meese, Baker, and Smith, um, Fred, Wilbur, and Barney is their first names. But um, th- like what what do you do you remember who the uh, the Harley team was last year?
2: The Harley team last year was Brandon Robinson. Uh, now I'm totally gonna Kenny Coolbeth and Jake Johnson. Yeah, and this year Coolbeth and Johnson are gone. Yeah, and then Sammy Halbert and Jared Vanderkoy.
0: Yeah, um, Jared Vanderkoy is coming up, and, and he's going to be on the Harley team. And Sammy Halbert of all people, leaving his Essenson Logistics. I, I mean, think he's been on a Yamaha for years.
2: Uh, yeah, well, he. Well, I mean, and, he rode an XR a lot XR. too. You did, know, he, he won X Games on an XR. He true. was fighting with Meese at Georgia on an XR um that one i think for him um you know he got a chance to ride a factory bike yeah and i'm sure the paycheck's a little better yeah um
0: well you know and he's put in like i think there's a, a couple of a- people
2: that turned him down maybe i know one guy that didn't get the call but it was pretty well known he was going to turn him down yeah and if i'm not mistaken bauman got the call and turned him down Oh, they, for Harley?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forget who he's riding for. I, I, I looked it up earlier.
2: Bauman's actually. probably still in Zanotti.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I mean, I mean that's... He, basically, did, he did super good on him. last you year. You basically
2: have four teams in professional flat track now. Yeah. You have Indian, Harley, um, Estenson, and Zanotti.
0: Yeah. And, dude... Uh, Money-wise and, like, support-wise. Yeah, so poor, poor Coolbeth went from, like legendary he's 40 or 41 he's he has more wins than anyone else in the on the line right yeah and he's been racing obviously longer because he's older but the thing so he the,
2: i talked to him last year i did a commercial with him and um you can't tell it's us but so we were talking about it there was a race in my hometown in the mid 90s yeah and he goes oh i raced that one and i'm like it was like 95 or 96 yeah he, made, raced like, he, pro, he was but, like
0: 20 or something then uh, yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah, he's definitely in his forties. But he's in good shape. He takes care of himself. Yeah, no. I mean he like he's he's in really good shape and he puts in all the work, which is for me why it was heartbreaking last year to see him coming in like last place on that XG. Yeah,
2: he got a little plug in on the podium this week. Uh-huh. So they raced an all star event a couple of days ago and uh
0: Is that a, did they do that at the Willow Springs? Is that no, the Evolution? Oh, okay, okay.
2: And um so he gets second. It was me, him, and Carver, and he goes, it's good to know I can run with these guys. Yeah. And it was, like, kind of implied that, uh, like, it wasn't me. It was the bike type thing. And I don't know, man. They're, those guys are developing a bike from something that wasn't designed to be a race bike engine where the the Indian was. They're developing
0: but, it, though. And the Indian, I think, is only on a – was is on like, like a uh, I forget. No, it's not prohibition. Or not uh, prohibition. What's the word? On so the they word?
2: say it's that probation, right? Probation. It's a, but because it's a quote unquote race motor. Have you seen the new Harley Davidson,
0: the street
2: rod? No, the race bike. Uh no. Yeah. Well, it's not an XG anymore. There are there are more stock parts in that Indian than there are in that XG. You're kidding me. No, the joke was jigs her heads. And then I saw it, and I'm like, "Oh, Jixxer oh, heads! Oh, it's got a fourth of a Jixxer head <laughs> oh, cut, shit. you know, or a Jixxer head cut in fourth, and then put on, yeah, it's right.
0: Well, and, and the thing was is that the the FTR is going to be this; they're going to have a 750 now. Like, you, you have it has to be based on production, right? I mean,
2: yeah, but what's the number for production for AFT, like? The I'm sorry, and I, I love Harley, there's nothing against them, but what is the like XRs were never a production motor
0: or uh, no. a production bike? No, and that's why that's and why now Indian they came swinging with that. FTR. Well, and they came
2: swinging and they got a production or a, a whatever we just said probationary Probation, period, yeah. but now they've sold over 50 of those. Right. Now there's over 50 of those that have been made. So, what is AFT gonna say is production and is not production? And if you cannot buy, the factory harley xg yeah. and there's only we'll say six of them in existence two for each rider right now then how is that not considered
0: yeah like uh, probationary for harley maybe like, well because when the xr came out it was uh i mean and, and and they quit making the x i mean the xr has been the ones that they have that they're servicing and we're still in service up until the xg took over last year were in service for what like 30 years or something like that they, they didn't make they a had a few XR.
2: um they had a few updates but yeah it was basically but again it wasn't in a production motorcycle
0: that's what i'm saying you and you had to use those he- that's why they phased it out for the xg is because they're like dude we're running out of parts well
2: and and you didn't even have to use those heads because look at jared meese's bike from two years ago the one they called the monster it had a the front cylinder, I believe, had a right side reverse. One of the cylinders was basically reverse. The card was in the front and the exhaust yeah. was in the back. That doesn't – yeah, like a uh, – kind of like a standard Harley, but it had like the carbs. It was crazy. I believe it was called the Monster or the Thing. You can look up Jared Mises yeah. XR750. Well, like...
0: And on most of them, the the front cylinder was flipped so that the cards both hung out the back instead of meeting in the middle, right I mean right, and that 's the x g their big problem this year was the stock one that the street
2: they actually run the fuel injection, I believe for on those from above
0: yeah and 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 the they had the dual throat carb you know because it, they're like dude we 're not we 're not going to make it with the street. The street rod has all the different frame uh characteristics, I know all yeah. most of them are framers anyway, but uh, but the street rod changed. The stock frame angles on, yeah. on it, and it changed the stock. Yeah, for the
2: hooligans, it's way
0: better. Yeah, you yeah, have the dual throat carbs. Were on the regular street, you had like this little single throat. It was like it was like the difference yeah. between a VW single port and dual but the, port the, the race
2: bikes aren't running any of that. They're running huh. a totally separate fuel injection. So that that's not really the issue.
0: Old XR-1200 heads or something.
2: I don't know the exact numbers for the Harley, but I know if you put a Harley and in an Indian on a dyno, you'll be really surprised which one makes more power and which one makes less. And it's yeah. by like 15 or 20 horse.
0: No kidding. So people saw it winning last year and poor, like I'm saying, Coolbeth in 15 was awesome. And then 16, he was still, he still did actually pretty well. And then last year just eight turds came up smoking turds every fucking round well, really
2: all of them the only guy to make the podium all year was jake johnson yeah and it was,
0: yeah and it was one time it was
2: one time um I I think, henry wiles crashed out and my opinion right. is the um tts aren't relevant yeah like i know some people love tts I love and TTs. i know why they do tts <laughs> but i don't believe to me it's not a relevant um factor of performance or anything like that like it's a it's a fluke race it's in there because it used to be in there and because why not turn right and have a little jump and i I, as much as i agree with all that i don't look at the results of a tt because if you look at the results of a tt henry wiles would have been champion the last 10 years running and he hasn't been yeah like it's it's different and you can't judge the bikes off of yeah
0: I, well, I like them because in the back in the day, you used to have to oh, win yeah. mile short track t- t- and TT t for your well, way your back in, your in the day, and that, you had to win road, road racing, racing too. <laughs> so Mert actually, yeah.
2: I mean, and so, the, and the thing with that is the bikes have begot have gotten so much more expensive and so much more specialized that you you can't like people couldn't afford that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's hard enough the way it is, but can you imagine like? factories are coming in building these specialized bikes and you got to go road racing on your
0: like, yeah
2: and tire technology is totally changed like you used to go road racing and flat tracking on pretty well the same tires or same size wheels and that's like totally different like
0: yeah and if you watch super bikers uh it wasn't that different you know what i'm saying no, like yeah. it, the, the the harley those
2: are basically flat track bikes and a couple of the guys were on harley's yeah. on that
0: thing it uh who the fuck the guy with the fuck is it springsteen wasn't it the guy that talked like this Yeah, Springsteen. Oh, Sean (laughs) McConnell. Yeah, no. It wasn't Springsteen. It was, uh, shit, Wise or something like that. And uh, he was a road racer. And then Springsteen was on his Harley. And they ended up dusting the road race, dude. Because on the dirt section, Magoo and... Didn't uh,
2: Freddie Spencer win that thing? uh, But he won it on a Honda like CRF or something. Yeah, Or CR, I mean.
0: The year, the one I'm... That I've seen like a thousand times is the one where Magoo wins, uh, Danny Chandler, and he's on uh, the CR five hundred. Okay. And fricking, I want to say Jay Springsteen's right. There's two. There's Springsteen and Steve Wise. That's the guy's name. And yeah, huh. you probably won't. I, I don't remember him, but he was talking about how he was training for it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, those guys are on fricking XR seven fifties, just keeping up with the CR five hundreds on well, the motorcycle. Well, I wonder too.
2: too what did a CR500 weigh back in the oh, day? Oh
0: God! I mean, they're were, they're were massive. Because XR750s
2: is as heavy as they look. At least the new ones are like 330 pounds. I was gonna
0: say they were probably both right around the 350 yeah. uh, or something like that. I mean, you, they those those 500s were just massive uh, tanks. On you know, they had like yeah. eight foot long forks because they had to take up <laughs> the, the suspension on it was. But you I ha- know,
2: I, I do have to say, like, I'm excited to see what the new Harleys do. Um, race motor debate aside, like, you know, I'm excited. I, hopefully they do well. You know, I, I do hope there's an Indian on top of the box, but it's coming from a Harley rider. The only reason I'm saying that's because I hope it's the number 23 Indian. Right. Um, well, And I'd hope it was an XR, but I know he's going to ride his
0: Indian this round. Yeah. And so when I saw, you know, I knew we, we had talked before about how Carver is going to be on an XR. I mean, on uh, Indian this year as number 23. Turns out number 27, Robbie Pearson, is also uh, getting sponsored. I forget who's... um,
2: Cool on one.
0: Cool on one. Um,
2: So Jake Johnson is back to Estenson, and he's been riding on the Yamaha, I believe. But Estenson bought two FTRs. So we might see Jake Johnson on an FTR. Um,
0: Yeah, and he's on the FZ07 for sure. Um, he's been yeah. he's been testing that, but it was funny to see Jake Johnson, who's been on a Harley now for, he's been on a Harley for like the last five years, right? Yeah, a while. He wasn't he wasn't factory Harley, I don't think, like a couple years ago, but yeah, uh, you know, to see this big swap, they did like this MotoGP style where everyone's like talking yeah. about who's going to go to what thing. It actually kind of happened last year, yeah, and I'm pretty excited because. Sammy Halbert's been on the Essenson Yamaha and their x r whatever for God like f- at least five years, yeah 'cause uh when I started the show it was it was three years ago already, and he was had already been on it for a while then, and to see him switch, you know i don't know if Essenson owned it hundred percent you know five or six years ago, but to see him switch like. All of a sudden and now he's riding for harley i was like yeah that's just a, not a name I, I expected to see with harley
2: oh i did because i think sammy is one of the top riders in the field and when indian basically has me smith and and brad baker right. and i i would say there are three of the best top five yeah e- easily and on those bikes very consistently yeah. and obviously by the point standings last year there are three of the top three um Maybe I'm biased, but I'm going to throw Carver in there, too. Yeah. Um, And I think Bauman. He was
0: fifth, dude. Carver, I mean, he finished Uh, uh, fifth, I think, last
2: year. Yes. Right in front of Bauman. And fourth was Halbert. Yeah. So I think what, for the Harley team, what they looked at was, okay, we have two spots opening up for whatever reasons those are. And who can we get? Well, if we're the factory team, we want the best rider. Oh, here's the first place guy that wasn't on an Indian that's not staying on an Indian. Yeah, let's try and pick him up. Like, I don't think I. I do think there was more to it than that, but I don't think there was. I think it was pretty well cut and dry. Like, Sammy's fourth in points. Sammy's consistent. Sammy's a good rider, dude. Uh, and we want the best we can get, and we can't get those other three.
0: Yeah, I think he would have. I think he would have won in Atlanta had he not got knocked. Like Jared Meese, like legit knocked his handlebar out. You need minutes. to watch the
2: replay again. <laughs> yeah, Jared Meese didn't knock anything. Was it Sammy? Sammy fucked up, Did and he? then his bar hit Meese. Yeah. Okay. Now it might have been Meese was going for a pass. But something happened. I don't r- recall exactly, but um, I remember watching it, and everyone's like, "Oh, Jared, Jared, Jared!" And I'm like, watch it in slow mo, and I'm like, "That was Sammy made a mistake, or he slipped up, or something a little bit, and lost momentum. He, he
0: definitely and Jared already slipped. had a run
2: on him, and there yeah. was nothing he could do. Yeah, he
0: tried to he tried yeah. to turn into Jared. and that aside,
2: it would have been a battle. Like it would have been a hell of yeah. a battle. It was already a battle, and I you can't say it. like. It-
0: it turned into Sammy running his bike across the finish line, I think, right? Because that was like the last, no, the last Atlanta
2: was No, um, Atlanta was when he was on the XR and he went down and hit the wall. They got his bike fixed, but he had to start on the
0: back. Oh, shit. And he still
2: got back up to sixth place from the rear. Right. Because he was – I mean, he was on fire that day. He was hooked That's up. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: And – like Running he, across when, was a
2: semi in Black Hills, okay. or not Black Hills, but Sturgis for the TT.
0: Yeah, that I think they that was the black. They called it Black Hills. I think. No, Black
2: Hills is a separate speedway. Oh, is it? That also races the same week. Yeah. Oh,
0: wait, Buffalo Chip was a TT. Buffalo Chip's a TT. Yeah, yeah, the that's black actually Hills, in Sturgis, and the Black Hills was a couple days later or something like that. Uh, I
2: don't know if it's before or after, but yeah. I've ridden the Black Hills
0: one. That and. and he won the X Games. I mean, I don't know. Sam, he's he's actually been one of my favorite racers for the past, like, five or six years. I liked
2: him until he ran into me. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> until he introduced you to the slam. Yeah. But I also used to love Coolbeth because he was an older guy and because he, you know, like I'm saying, 2015, he was still placing pretty well. I think that's one of the
2: th- cool things about flat track. Um, and I like to relate Greg Hancock to this, too, because I feel like Speedway is pretty similar. Like on
0: if if you're good you're good
2: despite your age well not just that but it's a smooth in theory it's a smooth track like yes you need to be in shape and yes you need to be physical if you're a hooligan you should not be in shape any in shape guy racing (laughs) hooligans you're not a hooligan i'm just saying but in in that level like yes you need to be in shape and yes you need to like be on it but being smooth and being methodical and being smart is very important sometimes more important than just being all gung-ho for it and i think guys like cool beth and if you're into speedway at all greg hancock are perfect examples like greg hancock is the oldest world champion speedway rider and maybe it's because it's my first love but i don't you don't want to see greg hancock and jared meese ride around a track together because it would be sad which the bikes are way faster but you know, at that level in Europe and to be his age and still being relevant. And I think Coolbeth is the same thing for American Flat Track. Like, yeah, he's still relevant. He won a championship not four or five years ago. Yeah, if that. that's what I'm saying. Like it he- was like last two years ago, I should say, with Brian Smith. And then it was like me two years before that. And then I think Coolbeth.
0: Yeah because i i was like trying to remember myself last year when i was wrapping it up because i was thinking this i was like who who did because i know smith because i was trying to remember when halbert won i think he won in 2009 or something it's been a while since he won but to me it didn't seem like that long i mean these seasons have clicked off in 2009 being smooth and being patient
2: and being smart is very important in flat track and you know you don't have to be wasn't it I mean, well, in Kobe Carlisle's last year, but Meese won a championship a few years ago and never won a round.
0: Yeah, and we we talked about Kobe Carlisle being consistent because yeah. Shayna Texture was the big news, and then, like, you know, just She hitting, got inconsistent, yeah. and he was consistent. And I think— And you have to race TTs, and she quit ra She didn't race the TTs. She wasn't good on the short tracks. Yeah, and the short tracks was a struggle for sure. Yeah, And, dude, this year he's popping in on the Estenson— uh, the 450 yamaha i think i saw where he's doing some training
2: on a indian too
0: oh okay maybe he's the
2: one that's riding the indian they bought not johnson but i saw a post where he said he was like riding it or training on it yeah he's not racing on it because he's a singles guy but and you know what they might do what shana texter was allowed to do last year like at springfield when the singles run the short track and the tt the night before then they don't run the mile they let Shayna hop on a twin for the mile. So maybe yeah. Kobe Carlisle will be
0: allowed to do that. Yeah, I think she was on an XR uh, for that race. and people. Uh, lo- There's a couple other um, podcasts that love to talk about how she's not big enough to race a twin and be competitive. But I think the last time she Have won... Have they ever
2: seen Sammy Halbert?
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's very small. But the funny thing is that I think the last time she won a- on a twin was at Springfield. And I was like, dude, they don't even know. Like, are they sure what they're talking about? She's is she I've consistently watched her on twins back when, you know, there wasn't a single. Have class. they ever seen
2: Mark Marquez?
0: I, and listen, have they ever seen Greg Hancock? Like <coughs> Danny Pedrosa? Like, yeah, I don't think she's small too
2: guys. small and she's pretty physically fit and pretty strong. I don't think that's why she's getting beat on the twins. I think it's a different level and a different ball game it's it's a little more aggressive she's really good with the drafting um and i think her advantage on the singles is her size and i think on the twins that is less of an advantage
0: yeah the yeah definitely the ones that i saw uh she ran him down and she passed him and it just looked like she could break later. I I don't know what it was, but it seemed like her size was what she played into. And as soon as some of the other conditions were right, as like maybe traction was on or something and everybody's getting the same amount of traction and it didn't matter or maybe weighing a little more, got you more bite. I don't know what it was, but it was just funny watching her on certain tracks, just chase people down from like fifth spot and then win. And then, Other times, like, she'd get skunked, you know? I
2: think um, there's a couple reasons for that. One, we always talk about Shayna because she's a woman. And equal rights, that's irrelevant. She's out there racing with the big boys. And you know what? She's good on big tracks. And there is a such case where maybe she's not good on a little track and good on TTs.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Henry Wiles, he's... we Yeah, there's
2: another example. He kills him on the TTs, but doesn't anywhere else. And I think... You know that As a rider, you grow up either riding certain kinds of tracks or you like certain kinds of tracks. Like I went to Portland a few weeks ago and it was like, dude, you rode so well. It's not that I rode well. It's that that track and I get yeah. along.
0: You've talked about that track before, how much yeah. you like it.
2: Yeah, and I go to – and actually lap time-wise, I was doing good in Flat Out Friday, but my starts suck. But I go to Flat Out Friday and I'm just like so-so. It's just you – it's not even necessarily what you grew up on, but you adapt and you you get this thing. And then, you know, part of it's probably in her head. Maybe she's like maybe she enjoys miles and she's had a good a few good runs on Miles. So now when she goes through the track and it's a mile, she's like, I got this. It's a mile. Yeah. And then she goes to a TT and she's like, Oh man, TTs, you know. I mean, there is a case she could be in her own head,
0: but Cause she doesn't even, she didn't even race. She, she might've, she might've, uh, I don't think
2: she qualified at Springfield for yeah, the main.
0: No, at, at, for Daytona, she qualified, but didn't make the main. And then the other ones, I didn't even see her name on the yeah. list. Like she just was like, oh, well, I'm not going like, to yeah, do it. So,
2: uh, you know, I don't know. And I mean, for her this year, it'll be interesting.
0: Um, she's got a bike to develop. Yeah. it's going to, that's what I was going to say. Speaking of Shayna and her brother, like, what he's she, not riding huskies, is he? No, but she's gonna be on a husky and he had such a shitty year last year trying to run his own team and sour punch kit his main sponsor sour punch a freaking candy company you know what i mean i think did they drop out of this yeah they decided not you know so well i think he's going to sing what he's He's learning he's going to be racing shana this year yeah and i've
2: i've had a little bit of communication with him he helped me with my rider resume and then i met him i actually got to meet him meet him and flat out friday and that dude watched all of the hooligan races
0: i like Corey texter a lot like
2: I really like that guy talk about like a down to earth, good dude. But I think what he discovered last year, not that he didn't know this before, but it's really, really hard to run a twins program. It's quite a bit more expensive than the singles. And if you want to be competitive in the point standing, you got to be at every round that are spread out all over the country. You know, they were in the West coast twice, two separate times. It's not like you can go and stay there and, you know, race another weekend and then start working east. Like yeah. you're back and forth and all over the place.
0: And he's got a little baby. Yeah, and, and he I got, got married think. and he's
2: got a little baby. Yeah.
0: And I don't think they're we're traveling yet. And I was even reading some shit like a thing that he wrote, and he's like, you know, like the guy that dynos my bike is in like Iowa, but the mechanic is in like Michigan or Pennsylvania yeah. or something. He's like, or my friend in Maryland helps me. Like he's literally, yeah out his bike put place. together from across this country and so he doesn't have a mechanic to travel with him yeah. and he said i'm not that good and so when it something broke uh, and last year a lot of his shit broke
2: yeah and you i think having a mechanic that you work well with is is good and think of it this way too like everyone knows carver this year right one at least on this show everyone should but if you think about it who knew carver last year I barely
0: did. Yeah. I mean, and then
2: I met I, him at the beginning of this year and barely met, barely knew him until I met him again at the beginning of the year yeah. in Arizona and like actually talked to him and got to know him better. Like and this is and, but but what happened with him was he started being a relevant racer and yeah. by relevant I mean top 5 top 6. Yeah. How many people other than like the factory Harley guys, did you really know out of the top six all year?
0: Yeah. Uh, and I was going to say for me, he was one of those guys that I saw his I saw his name. Jared Vandercoy is another example. I seen Jared Vandercoy's name popping up here and there. And then you, he, like, I don't know what happened. Well, but He popped up a lot I, partially
2: because he was on Richie Morris, which uh-huh. was Shana Texer's team, um, which is probably the fifth largest money team. Like and Richie Morris is a famous old road racer um so you you see a lot because if you watched Fan's Choice, he was on there a lot. They had a lot of commercials with him and a lot of interviews with him, that was probably pushed because of Richie Morris, Richie oh. Morris used to help run the i never AMA flat I track. never
0: noticed that background stuff yeah yeah,
2: and then, but I think on the track he was like i what
0: was his highest place all year yeah i I couldn't tell you off the top top of my head, like last year he was kind of invisible where the year before I had was like keeping tabs Was that on his him.
2: rookie year the year before
0: too uh it may have been yeah. i don't know i i really because he was just a name that i started hearing all the time i'd never even heard of colby carl well i heard of colby carlisle but not like you did last year where it's like oh my god and then like yeah. boom he he takes it right yeah but i think with
2: the twins if they're basically out of the top 10 no one knows who they are yeah but they still got thirty
0: thousand dollar bikes
2: <laughs> yeah. they've still got to travel over the yeah. country
0: he sold uh uh going back to cory texter he sold his motor home. he he bought a whole bunch of You know of who stuff. bought the motorhome? No.
2: <laughs> Carver bought
0: it. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. That's right cuz he had a white van that he's just cruising around yeah. in and now he's... uh he was
2: the man in the van with the plan. Yeah. Now he's the man in the toy hauler.
0: And uh so basically you know Corey Texture used his sponsorship money and all that stuff to try and make this team work, and then with everything that just went haywire, it, he's it's like, just
2: yeah. There's so many factors that you know you can have all the best equipment, all the best everything,
0: and he puts he's a buff dude too. He's another guy that oh, puts yeah, in the dude, work. He's
2: definitely fit. He definitely puts in the work. Um, But I just think the cowies, a few of the cowies made it, but I think it took a lot from the mechanics. Yeah, and it took the mechanics that really worked well with the riders. Um, You know, I think Carver did okay on a Cowie, and Uh, he was probably the highest finishing one this year.
0: Yeah. Didn't Bauman used to ride a Cowie?
2: Actually, Bauman was on one all year. So a Cowie won a race this year.
0: And obviously, when Brian Smith was on it, yeah, it won a championship, championship. actually. And, you know, going back to Carver now, um, how we were talking about you didn't know him before that. And and then I mentioned Vanderkoy, and to me, uh those these two guys Carver Vanderkoy they're kind of like how to me Brian Smith was a few years ago I yeah. saw him and you'd see his name pop up here and there and you're like man that kid's fast and then Halbert and Coolbeth and Baker, these guys. Baker. Well, Halbert and Coolbeth and Baker have won championships. Yeah, I, yeah. and so you see their names. several years
2: ago. And I think Baker was known because, one, he won a championship how many years in. Yeah. And then he was a Harley factory rider. And, and I, I want think to say really Jake Johnson, too.
0: Up. Jake Johnson won, won, yeah. Like, won one. Yeah. He won one. I don't years. know when. Yeah. Yeah. And so those guys were all the names. You know what you're saying? Those are That's five of the top ten right yeah, there. Yeah, those are
2: the names that you hear all the time. Yeah. And then Smith
0: so. was doing that thing that Carl Harper's doing, and th- just like you'd see the name bouncing a few times, and then yeah. all of a sudden the next thing you know exactly like the last few years, then all last of a, a sudden it years.
2: was top five and that then it was in the top three and and now then, he's like yeah then what- it, then he won, and he won by such a margin, yeah, you know, and I think even before that, you know he was gaining momentum, gaining traction, and that was really helping um and it you know a lot of that stemmed from and he'll even say it too, like he started off the year okay. And then he got linked up with his mechanic and they just continuously got better and got better and got better and got better.
0: One of the things I would definitely say is that his mechanic was a big part of it. And I'm not sure if he's on the... Uh, you know, the Indian backed by all state F T R seven fifties. Because it's funny because Mies is not on an Indian backed by all state F T R seven fifties. Right. You know no, I mean? there's
2: there's three factory riders but two technically two separate factory yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's a funny Jared thing. Jared
2: got I mean, it, it comes with winning a lot of a lot of championships, but Jared got his mechanic and his own Yeah. Jared's also it changed this year, but last year Jared was the only Indian rider allowed to do races outside of the pro races. Huh. Brad Baker can do it this year because I saw him in Portland on a 450. Yeah, I don't know about Brian Smith. And from what I heard, Brad Baker had to kind of beg for that in his contract. Huh. And he had to, I don't know if what he had to give up or whatever, or just had to convince them that it was okay. And then I also saw Sammy Halbert. But I, so I don't know if the other Harley guys are able to do that or not.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what all, you know, the details and these oh, little yeah. things boil down to. So what's interesting for me this year is going to be, you know, Texter racing against a sister. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be amazing. It's happened before though. Well, and they, you know, you race. uh, It's so funny because in the old days you raced twins and singles. You know what I mean? They were just classified different depending.
2: Yeah. And I don't, what I don't like about that is. One, I know at the time that Baker was the factory Harley rider. If he went to an event, it was a singles event. Honda, man. Yeah, but Harley didn't support him. Oh, you would not You'd notice he wouldn't wear any Harley gear. And Harley, like, they were like, okay, man, no. see you at the mile next week. Uh, and he had to get basically another team, another bike, another everything. And it's like, dude, how how would you like to go to different events with different mechanics? Yeah, and you're yeah, the yeah. factory rider. Like, yeah. And I get, you know, there was a day with the Rotaxes where they said Harley on the side, even though they were a Rotax and everyone knew it. But I'm really stoked that the twins are doing everything now. Um, I would like to see them on some smaller tracks. I think the hooligans have proved you can take a big heavy twin and put on a little track and have a good
0: race. Dude, people would love to see that. You know,
2: maybe not Costa Mesa size, but Paris flat track size. Um, Yeah. Three-eighths mile. uh, I know no one knows what Castle Rock. Well, maybe Castle Rock was a famous TT they did for a long time, but maybe Castle Rock style on an oval and or a TT.
0: Maybe bring Um, them back to uh, Santa Anita or San Diego like Del Mar.
2: Well, those were mile tracks.
0: Yeah. But bring them, to, bring them, you know, because you have. But these even famous Springfield, miles.
2: you know, they do a TT one night and the mile the next night. Like,
0: why not give? I don't know. Why not make it a double points weekend or yeah. something? You know, I and, mean, and, and Butcher has proved that you can motocross these things. So why not out to Elsinore? That's a historic. Uh, why don't yeah. we run a GP again? Yeah, <laughs> through the town and do the Mushman? But not not to get crazy off topic. But it is. It's funny. Like what's happening this season? I really like the format change that Michael Locke brought, splitting the singles and the twins, and it's made for some interesting stuff. And when you see guys like, you know. Corey texter going back to twins because or back back to singles because it's such a hard deal to run a whole but well, i twins think it did it it yourself. did a couple
2: things it it made it cheaper i think for the twins so it helped the factory guys out that weren't going to get factory support at a singles race it also helped like to me it helped guys like carver out because so if he was going to go on a trip to we'll say california because he's from illinois and he was going to stop in calistoga was probably a twins track it's a half mile and then i don't know where's the short track out out here but anyway so say he needed two bikes he needed a 450 and a twin yeah minimum and if you were on a big program like this year he's got two indians two harleys and two cowies you know would you would you bring six bikes plus three 450s <laughs> right like that's to me that's a Bigger program, you know. You're trying to make it cheap because it's flat track, but yet these guys run in GNC two or GN, What was GNC one? And that the was it. One.
0: And that was yeah. GNC and, one was the what's the twins now? But yeah. it wasn't twin. Obviously, now singles. it's GNC twins yeah, that's and GNC, what, GNC singles. It was, it was confusing to me and to look at the points and to look at they're yeah. racing the same races on different classes, s- but on the same bikes. same bikes, just different stuff. It's, it was just it's weird.
2: And I think what else it did was now the singles.
0: There's somebody with a flashlight outside the window right there. Do they – is my
2: truck in the way? Maybe.
0: Um, I think the singles – I should just check anyway. Let's pause. So, so, so the next right? time my meth dealer comes, I'll tell him to come. Yeah, Don't be afraid to knock. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know what we were talking about before we paused this. Uh, I wasn't so, paying good enough attention. But what I,
2: <laughs> what I think it did with the singles was it –
0: we
2: Before, about. basically, what it was was you had, like – a lower level class and a higher level class. And now one thing that they, I know I think they tried to achieve and it kind of worked was now you have guys on singles and guys on twins. And yes, the twins is the premier class, but the singles is less of a second class class. type. You know what I mean? It's still a very, it's trying to be more of a premier class, even though it's a stepping stone to the twins. And even though ultimately the goal is racing twins.
0: And I, for some reason, I think there is more parity between the t- singles. It's kind of like the Moto3 where it's more, it's
2: almost more competition. Yeah. Like yeah. you
0: see closer racing and you yeah. see, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, Shaina texture would have had no chance if they were like, you know, she wouldn't have, if you miss a couple of races, you're out. So when she yeah. missed the TTs and stuff, she wouldn't have even been, you know, she really had to place like first, Uh, in the final to even win which is a long shot because she had like come in kind of shitty there at the end of the season i think kobe had to be like seventh (laughs) yeah yeah they had to finish her but she wouldn't even have been that close if the bikes weren't if the racing wasn't you know it's a testament to how close the racing is on those bikes and the fact that like the
2: fact that you can basically walk into a dirt bike dealer and you can go buy a dirt bike convert the wheels drop the suspension, do a little work and have a, the same bike Shane is on makes everyone a little bit closer. Like, yes, it's not that easy, but it is, you know, you can go in and do that. And honestly, like, did she have a big built motor on the miles? Absolutely. But on a lot of the short tracks, no, because you're getting plenty of horsepower and you don't need as much horsepower. So it's, you know, I think that helps bring everyone closer together where, on the twins, they're all on complete framers with super nice suspension and the motors were a a big deal. (laughs) And it, um, so it kind of helps separate them if you will. Um, and then a lot of the singles too. I mean, what's interesting with the singles is you'll see guys that are only at the a few California events and you'll see guys that are only at the East Coast events and blah 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 because yeah. it's they're trying to get into it and see if they can hang type stuff
0: yeah and that was a big thing at the TT and and uh at, particularly at Peoria and particularly I want I want to say Springfield's one of those examples where they will blow their wad on we we can cover five ra- you know out of the 18 races we can make it to five when they when they come through our area yeah, yeah. and so you would see these weird names pop up and joe joe somebody was one of the names and i kept seeing him and they're like oh yeah he's a local boy here too blah blah and so you would see that yeah. and then when they'd swing back through the midwest he'd make the six hour drive up to whatever yeah. illinois and oh yeah joe again What i think a lot of um
2: A lot of those guys that are just getting into it, they're young kids. They're not necessarily ready to do the full circuit financially and skill-wise, but when they get a chance to ride with them and help step their game up, they're going to, plus when they get a chance to get on a mile.
0: Yeah, they're fast regional dudes for sure, probably, and then they...
2: And they're looking at the future, so they're not going to blow their wad trying to do every single race and get their butt kicked all the time. If they can barely make a main, they're going to do the ones that are within a few hours of their home.
0: Right, yeah, and then... Getting into racing when there's mm, doesn't sound like there's that much money, you know, for some of these, you know, Fair people that most, aren't out of the top ten or whatever. Uh which brings me to the next thing I had read recently, which is your company, uh Vance and Hines is putting in like damn near half a million. It's not quite half a million, but it's close to freaking half a million dollars of contingency money.
2: If you run their pipe on a four fifty, right? Yeah.
0: They're they're like the oem supplier for 450 i think they're like uh aft like redid their website yeah and it has like motion pro is like the tool of flat track harley is still the motor but Vance and hines is the four is the singles pipe and uh like all these crazy
2: they're the title sponsor of the sport i think they might actually throw down more money than harley and indian as far as sponsoring the series yeah but you'll go to a certain race and it'll be brought to you by Harley or brought to you by Indian. So I don't know how all that works, but the American flat track in general, I'm pretty sure is brought to you by Vance and Hines.
0: Yeah. And most of it, most of what you read is, uh, they're all like Vance and Hines is all over it. Yeah. And, and they're like, <clears throat> even on the Harleys, they're always on Vance and Hines is like what, one of the main sponsors that you see.
2: Oh, in the factory Harleys?
0: Yeah. Um, well, kind of. It's
2: actually, those bikes are not actually factory Harleys. They're actually factory Vance and Hines. Oh, no shit. Paid for by factory Harley.
0: I get it. Yeah, I, It's weird to see how all this stuff, you know, who yeah. pays for
2: it. Um, it's like the Indians are actually S&S. Like those bikes are billed at S&S. Right. Um, but yeah, so Harley got with, because of the drag race team and that success, Harley got with Vance and Hines. Um. Way more complicated, but basically wrote them a big check and said, we want a flat track team.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it's,
2: it's all ran by Vance and Hines. Yeah, I mean, Vance and
0: Hines already destroys it on, oh, shit, on the drag strip. They're, something got destroyed on the flat track. <laughs> uh, so the— We never know. Yesterday, we'll, yesterday we will have found out yeah, yeah. how I mean, they did. Uh, when I was reading on here that some of the Vance and Hines stuff that they're throwing down is for Suzuki— for the the 650 and 1000 like the sv slash dl like the the suzuki team and ktm is also uh has huge contingency money i was like holy shit that's well actually
2: last year um husqvarna had more contingency money than any other 450 manufacturer but there were like zero people on bikes yeah this year shana texter and then um one of the hooligans actually got his pro license and uh so he'll be out there jordan graham
0: Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say, are you talking about Debrino? Debrino is gonna be out there on in the singles.
2: Debrino class. is, but so do you. I, I, th- I've heard both ways. That one, I, I thought you used to have to run so many singles races to get a pro license, and then um, you had to. But now I think you can just run twins if you have a twin. You don't have to go and do singles and accumulate points. Because Debrino has a twin, but he also got a sponsorship from a Harley dealer, so he's trying to get an XG that you can't buy, but he's got an FTR. Huh. A
0: I know. I mean, I know he won that, from right? A hooligan. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but he's going to be, I want to say, on a Suzuki 450 in the in the singles class. Oh, good luck on a Suzuki. Him and Those usually dominate the back row. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. well you know honda is it's funny because suzuki when i was looking at how much money they're putting it up and then through vance and hines i was like tripping out but uh i was thinking about it suzuki kicked ass in supercross and has done really good in in american racing with uh roger hayden and uh, tony elias um yeah took took to, but then when it comes to flat tracking I, Kobe Carlisle, actually, didn't he run a Suzuki? Yamaha. Was it a Yamaha? Okay. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Suzuki... You're not saying
2: for the SVs. It's for the singles. The Vance and Hines stuff is all for the singles.
0: Okay, yeah. That The thing I was reading was just, like, contingency money for... Well, the contingency money for Husky, too, looked like a lot, but then when you see where... It's, like, split up between the places, and then you're like, well, A, you have to be on a Husky. Then you have to come in that place to get that contingency. But we'll see.
2: I mean, they basically, you know, and I don't know what the whole deal is, and obviously, Shana was on a good team last year that had good mechanics and everything else. But, um, so I don't know what she's doing for a mechanic. I don't know what she's doing for a rig. I don't know what she's doing for anything. But I would have to guess for her to get on a Husky took some effort from Husky besides, oh, here's a bike. So... You know, it'll be interesting to see, I think, how she does on that Husky. It's Hopefully, she's got some seat time on it. It just got released not very long ago that she was riding one. Yeah. Like, hopefully, she's had one and set it up and ridden it and gotten used to it. And, you know, they are a good bike, but...
0: Yes, the the, uh, FC450, but she was... Her Richie Morris bike was a Honda, right? I mean, she's always been on Honda, and Honda is...
2: Well, here's the thing. Like for us local guys, you got Jim Wood who builds some of the best 450 singles on the track. You know, Brad Brad Baker's old singles. Yeah. Yeah. When he was riding singles and everything was Honda. Like you have these flat track gurus and most of them build Hondas. So it's not that the other bikes aren't capable. It's that no one else knows the black magic to make them work. And the guys that know the black magic – Know the Hondas, or whoever Carlisle's mechanic is knows the Yamaha's, but you, they just don't venture much from that. So, yeah. and you know, I mean, the best of luck to to Shayna. Like, I I admire her as a writer. I think she's a great writer. She's passionate. She definitely is a fighter. And um all my like equal rights BS yeah. aside, like she's a chick out there kicking dudes' asses, and I yeah. think that's wonderful for so many reasons. But
0: yeah, like her and send. Sandria Shipman or Sandira Shipman. sandra Sand? It? Maybe it's Sandra. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are the only two girls. I mean, now that Nicole and even when Nicole Meese went back in the Nicole and Chesa days, she she didn't win. I mean, she was like
2: no good, but she didn't. Win but she was still. Either. I mean, she was still pretty relevant. She was still making main events on a twin. And honestly, I uh, think that's why Jared married her. He didn't want
0: to get. He didn't. He's <laughs> didn't like, dude, I this, I need to put a baby in you so yeah, you'll quit. So you, you don't quit. beat me. One less person to worry about out there. I don't know, you
2: know. I don't know how Shayna ever really did on a twin because she did a a season or two on mostly twins. So, but no, it'll be good. It's cool. It's cool to see two husky putting something up for it because, like, let's face it, Honda never really put much up. Like Richie Morris' team was on Hondas. Shayna was on a Honda, but how much did a Honda offer up? Not just contingency because contingency to me is kind of lame it is and it isn't in the case of Shayna, if she's even eligible for the contingency the factory harley guys are not eligible for the harley contingency it says in the little loophole at the bottom so if sammy halbert wins a race the fine print yeah whatever like so harley's putting up five or ten grand to win a main it can't be 10 i think Indian's putting up five grand
0: to win a main event. I thought
2: Harley was putting more. Uh,
0: Most of them look like five grand from what I saw. I think Harley
2: was, I think they outdid Indian with it. They Uh. came in with the largest contingency package and you can be on an XR or an XG. But then at the bottom it said no bueno factory Harley. But I, so for Shayna, you know, like, okay, so congratulations Husky. Like I look at it this way, 2008, 17, you put up a large contingency. No one was on one of your bikes. So making promises you don't have to keep, so what? But now they came in and
0: and, they're, they're, and said,
2: Shayna, we want you on one of our bikes. Like now they they had to put in money. Like someone is putting up money. And to me, it's got to be coming from, are they Austrian? Yeah. It's got to be coming from Austria or, or Husky USA as a corporate, not a dealership.
0: Well, yeah. And you know, not so much here but uh I mean Husky for whatever reason they're they're making a bigger market pr- presence of themselves like Meg's yeah. Brapp Rides one and uh I think like Colton Hacker Rides one and a lot of the enduro cross do, like Husky, KTM used to be the huge name, but I've seen Husky more and yeah. more and more. And it says that they're the official bike of the AFT singles, but I must have not paid enough attention to the commercials in the beginning of the races because I never noticed that they said that before. But they this year didn't. Maybe that's
2: new for this year.
0: Yeah, it says they continue as the official motorcycle of AST, AFT singles, and they're putting up $88,000. But that's my thing. When you look down at it, it's like, First place is fifteen hundred, and then it just goes down from there, down to tenth. And it's like, who's coming in though on these? There's not enough people to, f- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in my opinion, what's what I mean? Like last year they had no one. Yeah, on them. like whoever wins it should get that all five thousand dollars, whatever this breaks down to when you put it. Like, yeah, dude, you should make it make it an incentive for your two riders that are going to be on it because I think her and uh one other person I forget, but yeah.
2: Is there someone else besides Graham? I don't know. I mean, is there, like, nothing against Graham, but is there, like, another
0: legit flat track guy? Uh, To go on a Husky, you mean? Yeah. Like, is Shayna basically having a teammate? It doesn't say, actually. I just saw that she was going to be on her Husky, and then the contingency money was what they... Mentioned, but I it didn't has not mentioned like any teammates or who actually like her chief mechanic. It didn't really mention any of that. I think it was just talking about Husky being like the title sponsor, her the <laughs> title sponsor, and her changing over from Richie Morris to you know being one of those.
2: Well, I saw at the end of last year, like she separated with Richie Morris early on and made it. I don't know what the deal was, but they made it a a, a known right at the end of the season. Mm. So.
0: James Raspoli joins Richie Morris Racing for the, uh, the Daytona TT. James Raspoli, the uh, road racer, right? Oh. He's a he's a World Superbike guy, I think. Sure. And uh, so
2: is he going to be a Tony Elise, or is he going to oh, be wait.
0: a JD Beach? Yeah, I know, because JD Beach is going to do a couple rounds too, and well, so he is Hayden Gillum. Podiumed, and, and I know. Hayden
2: Gillum won a singles round.
0: Yeah, well, Hayden Gillum, didn't he? He won the TT last year at uh, Peoria. But, uh, he, he won a
2: Buffalo chip, I know.
0: Uh-huh. But I think he also had his plan to do road racing and flat tracking simultaneously, where JD Beach will never do that. I mean, you know, Yamaha won't let him do that. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, Raspoli, if he's not World Superbike, he's AMA. I, I, I know he's a road racer guy. Um, but, yeah, so he's going to be in there. Debrino's going to be in there um, on a... Pfft, I think I saw him on a red bike, so I'm just going to assume it's a Honda. And uh, I was pretty excited. Like, this whole year is just a crazy – it's going to be crazy, and it's going to be fun. And
2: uh, I'm super stoked to watch it yesterday.
0: Dude, it was awesome. If you guys didn't see it, uh, like I said, I posted it up on our our page to remind you guys. And tomorrow, the 17th, uh, go ahead and tune in to Fans Choice for the uh, Daytona 200. I think it's going to be the 70. 70- 7th or 70 yeah i think the 77th running of it so uh that was good too and if this comes out on sunday man that was awesome too <laughs> but i'm gonna pause this real quick all right well who gives a fuck about flat track let's quit talking about flat track <laughs> it, it already happened and uh next week we'll be talking a little bit about the upcoming more upcoming events but yeah this this i, I i'm sad that we missed out on the silly season uh, because it really was, and partially I thank Michael Locke for all that, and I thank Indian for getting back in and uh, challenging Harley since now everybody's going to be on an Indian. It's going to really be Indian versus Harley again this year. Uh, so we had a special guest in the electric infrastructure industry on earlier, and so our little bike challenge this week is to find a motorcycle, not a bike but a motorcycle Electric, under five thousand bucks. I'm gonna go. I f- found neither of those, but I found a bike. Okay, I'm, I I want to hear yours. Go go. Yeah, forward. mine sucks. I'll go first. Do you want to go first, second, or third?
2: I'll go third.
0: Okay, go. You're. Uh, we're going in reverse I found order.
2: A crazy looking <laughs> off road Velost furrow Mad sixteen hundred watt off on road electric scooter. He
0: pronounced that perfectly, by the way.
2: Yeah, it's a Veloster for Raptor for 900 or 895. It's got off-road tires and it looks like a stand-up scooter thing, but then it has a seat that looks removable, oh, so you, you could shit. stand up. It looks pretty horrible, but I typed in electric and I didn't find anything that I liked. Where did you Is this on eBay? On Craigslist. On Craigslist. It's used. It's 895. Oh, shit.
0: Go pick it up now. Oh, this thing actually looks pretty rad, actually. Yeah, it looks like it's worth $89. But and Yeah, that eight dollars bullshit. You could buy four Spamela Andersons for that much. Yeah. Velocifero. See, I was right. velociraptor Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Lucifero was a Velociraptor. Yeah. The mad really throws me off because, you know, they have those mad-ass... You know what I'm talking about? Huh. Look up mad-ass scooter when you get home, and you'll see... Uh, probably what you want to buy next once you uh, sell your Dyna. No way. It can't be that good. Oh, dude. Mad-ass scooters. Dude, you got to look them up. Well, I found the ZR Ninja, and uh, I thought I was I found the smoking deal because it's a – I'm going to let you look at this bike, and you tell me what it is, and I will uh, either confirm or deny. But when I saw a 2,000-watt, 72-volt electric motorcycle, I, like, for, almost jizzed my pants. It's three grand. And uh, check this thing out. What is that? Just by looking it, at it. It looks like a Grom. It is exactly a 2017-18 Grom body from the freaking... Where the turn signals mount to the those double LED headlights and even the meter, like the little meter panel there. Was it this, a Chinese one? This is a Chinese Grom. So it's like the Boom 125 or something Dude, Chinese style. The only difference... Between a Grom and this is the wheels. They're the same size, but these wheels have like a in out. The, the actual <coughs> wheels look way better than the Grom wheels. Uh, to be honest, they they're they're cast spoke, but they're cast on both sides like a real spoke wheel. It's really weird. And the fact that there is an electric motor where there should be the little thumper, this thing is what I'm guessing. Here's what I'm guessing: is by Make Zero. And I was like, oh, zero they're ripping off zero. Like they're like, let's put zero in the name and then let's put ninja on here. Cause it kinda, you know, maybe fool you to think it's a Z one twenty five Pro. But when I looked at this thing, my immediate first thought was these are whoever Honda contracts with in China to make the plastics. <laughs> yeah. Took the fucking Groms in that they have in their back factory and slammed a two thousand watt seventy-two volt electric motorcycle into it now it's three grand it doesn't give me a top speed but it does tell me that it the max speed is 70 that's and then too bad yeah kilometers an hour is that bad
2: no, it's not that good it's still not too bad though
0: yeah <laughs> max range is 50 kilometers that's 25 miles yeah. so in right. other motorcycle news kind of big news and i hey i won that challenge <laughs> yeah, you can have that challenge. Yeah, sweet. All right. Thanks, Wigs. Other, other huge motorcycle news. The um, press, Indian press release, Hola, uh,
2: Sterengard? Sterengard? Oh, I thought you were saying hello in Spanish. No, I'm saying hola. Oh, no, that that is hello. It's just hola. Yeah. Anyway, um, he was one of the lead designers for BMW motorcycles, Um, like the R9T was Ola. He is now director of product design for Indian motorcycles. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean that's huge. I mean, this is a guy that um the whole RSD connection, you know, rolling sands um, with, with BMW, BMW and all right. that, like a lot of that came through Ola. Um he's built his own bikes. He's got his own custom Harleys and all kinds of stuff. Um what's so his last name? stern okay
0: something? i'm gonna look for him because he's probably on the concept 101 which became the k1600 bagger i mean he's probably with on r9t with all the rolling sands like oh,
2: he's one of the if not the i'm pretty sure he is the main designer for the r9t yeah along with other notable bikes but i mean that one for bmw is kind of revolutionary but yeah for him to go to indian oh, yeah. like dude that's huge because i think for me personally, Indian's kind of lacking in the design department.
0: But <laughs> again, the only good again, ones I'm biased I've seen are the, are the custom ones. The the Scout Wall of Death, the first year the Scout came out, was pretty tight. Yeah. But, uh, then custom ones are like the yeah, the only good. Well,
2: ones. and like we've talked about this with Harley too. Like they're awesome, but they haven't changed in 40 years. Yeah. Which is partially what makes them awesome. So yeah. whatever. Um. So kind of <laughs> big news.
0: But yeah, no, that's interesting. It'll be cool to see where we're at in the next like. Five years with Indian. I feel like Harley really knocked the doors off this year with the redo of the soft tails and the aggro styling. And I was, we, I, we don't remember if we brought this up last episode because we did talk about Harley last episode, but they started going back to mid controls on a lot of that stuff. Uh, kind I of, and, they're
2: pretty far forward mids, though.
0: I know. I was just looking at the Fat Bob today, or the for someone
2: of your stature. Yeah, they're like
0: big forwards. Yeah, I would not the be able to reach.
2: Fat Bob is forwards.
0: Yeah, I was looking at it today, going, "Yeah, that lean." Oh wait, those are forwards.
2: <laughs> Luckily, Speed Merchant already makes some mid controls rad. that are super
0: rad. Are they like beach bar handlebars where like they just sweep back from those mounting points all
2: the way the, back to mid? <laughs> the yeah, the foot controls. Yeah, they actually are. <laughs> Yeah, because so on the new soft tail, there's only one spot to mount them. So the forwards and mids all mount in the same spot and they come back. The Speed Merchant ones don't. They mount to the motor.
0: Okay. But, yeah. Fucking <laughs> big Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, when when that's all you got. Like, Have you seen you the Speed see Merchant soft tail yet? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was bitching. I saw it at the Mama Tried stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, that was a beautiful bike. And the Alta... Um, Harley Davidson mashups that somebody's been doing on. (laughs) Yeah. The little green with the roadster wheels. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, there's going to be some good stuff coming out.
2: Uh, I think Harley, you know, they're aware with um, what Butcher did to his fat Bob. I mean, everyone is basically, there's two custom things I've seen happening. People are taking the low rider, painting it like a low rider. Yeah. So it looks like an old dyno putting a fair, or not an old dyno, but like a club dyno with a fairing and a low rider paint job, which is cool. And I think it needed to be
0: done. because like I, those big panel paint jobs that look yeah, like 70s. And the, yeah, the, and yeah. the,
2: the curtains and all that shit yeah, in them the, and the yeah. sparkles. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that needed to be done. And, you know, T-bars and a fairing. And I think that needed to happen because I think, like, those are your hardcore Dino people and that it needed to be seen. And I think it's a simple thing that a lot of people can do and it's really writable. And then you got people like Rusty Butcher. He got a street bob because the head, the fat bob, because the head tube angle is better. And then what he ultimately did now, he put some roadster wheels on it, and they look super cool. It's eighteen yeah. nineteen.
0: He took off the inverted forks, too. I don't know and why. He put different
2: inverted forks on oh, it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. I think Could... there's better ones. But uh,
0: well, yeah, yeah, when I saw him, he's like, I'm going to bust these forks off. And I thought I saw him putting standard forks on it. And I was like, I wonder if that's for wheelies and shit. Like, why do you? No. Coming down on a wheelie? The Harley
2: one? inverted ones are, yes, they're inverted, but the insides are still pretty standard
0: Harley. Yeah. They're well, they really got like fancy. a cartridge on one side, which is like better than uh, some, but they're basically you know, the upgraded software. On the Street tail.
2: Bob ones, maybe. On the yeah. um, Street Rod, the, the XG one, I don't think there's anything in them. Yeah. They're kind of not that great.
0: Yeah. Um They had already upgraded them a little bit and kind of started going to cartridge. But, yeah, these ones, you know what they should do? Do you remember last year's was it the Pro Street Breakout that had the inverted forks with the 3 like it just looked tough like the one that had like the gold wheels with the fucking fairing on the front I swear it was a Pro Street Breakout I don't know and uh, it had inverted forks but they had 3 screws on the upper triple and they were fat like uh, I one. don't know if
2: it was a I don't remember what it was but I think I know what you're talking about yeah. it was a Pro Street something
0: or maybe, is it the Roadster that has that? The twelve
2: Roadster, to 1200 Sportster? Yeah, but it doesn't there. have a little fairing or anything, but it does have inverted forks. I think the... Maybe that's the one I'm thinking it'll about. It'll be cool to see a Lowrider S again. Um, you know, the last couple of years, it had those, like, bronzeish gold wheels on a black. Yeah. Like, and it had dual disc. Yeah. And then I think, to me, the other thing they need to do to the Lowrider S, is, or the Lowrider, and if they do an S model, is put put it in the frame that the fat bobs in with the tighter head tube angle. Yeah. But, you know, that's over a year away. Like, all those new soft tails that aren't so new anymore were 2018s. Yeah. So they're technically still fresh. Yeah,
0: I know. And I think that they blew the doors off with that. And I can't wait to see uh, if Indian plays ketchup. I think people are
2: coming around. I I don't even know what Indian really has to offer. I see the baggers that carry hearts on. And then I see the scouts. I hate the baggers. I hate, like, the (sighs) chieftain and the dark horse and all that shit.
0: I hate those things.
2: So I don't like them, but I see why some people do. Yeah, Um, they have the more 50s retro styling because it's hard. Like, I think the Harleys are more like a lot of the styling was developed in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And let's face it, Indian fans, there was no Indian then. So they don't have any of that styling to use. So they try to go back even further. That's why a lot of them run the bigger, longer swooping fenders.
0: Yeah, like covering the wheels
2: all the way. Yeah, like very 30s, 40s yeah style but
0: Duesenberg fucking front fender yeah. on there like, yeah
2: I think so I don't really know what Indian has that compares like the Scout is kind of comparable to the
0: Sportster and Scout 60 for sure too is a little bit smaller I mean it's funny because they don't they have the new they have that FTR 1200 or whatever that's going to be coming out that flat track like replica Yeah, going to. I be, got, got news for all
2: the hooligans that think they're going to ride that that bike's not <laughs> coming out
0: that's the problem with it is that they need to do something like that ASAP before the sportster runs off with, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. They killed victory, but they need to bring some of that victory octane fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like they need to bring some of that yeah. victory octane styling The the Indians can't just be all fringy baggers. Like who wants a fringy yeah, bagger? To anymore? me,
2: they need to do a, a more modernized yeah.
0: styling. Yeah. That's what know. I'm saying. Custom scouts are about the coolest thing I've seen come out of Indian. Because yeah. the regular one, aside from their cool ergonomics package that you can get on it, the stock scout just. It's ain't still that
2: forward cool. controls only. It's still. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I guess they have the scout bobber, but it's not much of a. I mean, that's not like a radical departure like a Sportster from a soft tail from a yeah. freaking, you know what I'm saying, from a bag. But I don't
2: know. And I know they've got a Scout 60, and then the Scout. And the regular Scout's a 1200, where the 60's only like a nine-something. So again, and it,
0: 61 Yeah, and
2: a 1200 Scout definitely makes more power than a Sportster. So I don't know where it's compared bike-wise. So I don't see, like, to me, the Sporty's a small bike, and then you have the Softtail as like the full-size big bike, and then you have the Baggers as just being a bagger. I don't know what Indian has to offer, and I'm sure there's something in there that they offer in that middle range.
0: The Scout 60. It would be the regular Scout then. Or, or, or Well, the Scout is like, yeah, the middle. And then they just go up from there. Is it
2: really just the Scout and then the, the Baggers? And the Bobber. Yeah, but the Bobber's a Scout. So yeah. it's still just the Scout and the Baggers. Yeah.
0: You got the Scout, the Chieftain, and the Dark Horse and all that. I don't even know if the Dark Horse is a Chieftain Dark Horse or whatever the fuck they're I called. think it might be. like So, yeah, you have that. And then the Springfield, maybe they have one called, <laughs> I think, that has, like, all the leather fringe on it or something. Uh, <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a 1970s Chris Christopherson outfit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When's Kawasaki going to come out with the uh, Sportster equivalent? Oh, God. If they kill it like Yamaha did with that it's V-Star Star twin looter. Yeah. Now I don't know. Yeah, because the Vulcans aren't very, like... You know what I'm and saying? Like, like I
2: said, with Ola going to Indian, I'm kind of excited to see some of the new designs. Yeah.
0: Like it'll be like last week where we were talking about uh, like all these Jap cruisers are finally gonna be like, Well, we don't do this very good, especially with this guy going over to India. Well, week. and I
2: think the cool thing I think with Ola is you're gonna see some custom looking stuff in production bikes yeah and if that is the case and if harley doesn't get their shit together with it it might be very hard on them yeah because i i think the r9t really is a good seller for bmw and it, it you know i'm sure it pulled buyers away from sports first and from
0: harley's like yeah. it, it i really loved when the concept came out it blew my mind and then to see the production bike i was like it just yeah it man, looks cool. so
2: simple but yet it meets all the standards yeah so
0: and uh, it's air cooled for the most part you know like yeah it still meets that checks that box for people that are looking still for like a, i think it's a boxer twin. which
2: to me with bmw it needs to be and i think what all did there was he took what bmw is known for the boxer and put it in this cool like kind of cafe hipster modern bike which is super rad so it'll be cool to see what he does with an indian yeah like kind of a blank slate like the ftr is not gonna happen but do i see like (laughs) a super cool scout or scout 60 that's jacked up a little bit with mid controls and a little sportier and probably a little flat track because that's more their heritage
0: but um yeah, like, I don't want to be like, a dick, but I love that Scout. I know you hate Indian. I, I actually love the Scout motor, probably.
2: Oh, I think it's a rad motor. Yeah. It sounds super bitchin'. It makes good power, you know. It's, yeah.
0: That Wall of Death Scout is probably the best one I've seen, and that is, like, it was a one-off thing for them. And if I was yeah. like, man, if they could do that and sell shit like that, people would actually yeah. want to buy the shit. So, there, actually, there's a couple things I want to mention. We're, we're getting to the end of this show. I'm going to drop in some of the events coming up later. Man, that flat tracking was great, though, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but I do want to say that having turned we, – we talked a lot in the past few episodes about electric, and having talked to John tonight and, and learned about infrastructure and all that, I kind of want to turn the page on that. And uh, I kind of want to start investigating sport bikes since, uh, you know, we talked to Tony last week. He's been racing, road racing as Dinah. So I kind of want to get into a little bit more of the road racing stuff. Um, of course, with flat track starting, we're going to be busy with that shit. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of tales from the road uh, coming up here in a little bit. And some, you know, we're going to be following hooligan flat tracking and also the SoCal scene. But I want to mention, Wigs, your Dinah's for sale. Dirty Diana's oh, for sale. and
2: she's not so dirty anymore. Dude,
0: and she went from like black denim to vivid black it looks like oh yeah
2: gloss black tens oh, yeah.
0: gloss black dash gloss black wheels gloss black
2: fork legs she looks great we missed a couple things like the bars could should have been powder coated but yeah she looks super good yeah she's got a premium price tag but she's got premium shit all over like yeah. it's got she's got brimbo's front and rear she's got a 320 lindle aluminum front rotor pm rear rotor rsd rear rotor rsd wheels todd cycle riser um
0: it's a, like eight inch risers. It was a 98, but it's a 103, right? It's got
2: a 103 with less than 3,000 miles on it.
0: Yeah. And an FP3,
2: right? FP3, Vance and Hines air cleaner. Um, Vance and Hines upsweep exhaust that's is super cool. The
0: exhaust on there is pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. Looking.
2: Progressive 970 piggybacks, a uh, saddleman seat that's detachable. So you can make it a passenger seat or a solo seat. I've got a backrest, and I've got an Arlen Ness fairing and the mounts for that. Man,
0: so yeah, she she's... looks she looks good and a Jixer. Oh, I've, yeah, it's got Jixer master.
2: clutch and Jixer brake master that I bored out to one inch. Yeah,
0: man, so. like talk about some rad shit. You're not just hopping on a Dyna, you're hopping on yeah. a turnkey Dyna.
2: Yeah, it's it, she's super ready to go, and a lot of stuff's pretty new on it. And yeah. I just going, I, she's never been tracked. No, um, going to the track on her a couple of times. Like I really like the Dyna, but I want to I want a sporty because I'm. I want something I'm not scared to toss away.
0: Yeah. So yeah, she has not been cartwheeled at a hundred miles an hour.
2: No, she's never been down. Yeah. She's got the bike overall's got seventy seven thousand, but the motor's got three.
0: Yeah, and it's a pretty tight looking little package there. Like it's, it's a, done up.
2: It's a pretty stereotypical
0: Southern California dyna. Yeah, so check it out. Is, that is on, on a your Instagram? And I got a fairing. It's definitely on my Instagram. Yeah. So check that out. Stick stick around uh for the upcoming events. And uh is that your sign off? That's my sign. Yes. Off. Listen, next week, Wiggs is going to be talking into Bridge shacks. Hey, and
2: one week away from tomorrow, the veggie plate round three. If anyone out there listening is a rider, I need more riders. I got like 16.
0: And it doesn't take two fifties, so I can't go.
2: Yeah, I want 30. Come on. Call yeah. your buddies. Call them as long as they don't have a two fifty.
0: Yeah. Listen, we're gonna get we're gonna get some of you guys to come up come out here. I'm gonna make some personal phone calls. I'm oh, gonna be damn. reaching out. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get at least 20. Okay.
2: I've got some super cool prizes too. I've got a Lindell uh crown cut rear rotor, um red anod carrier, but if you don't want that, he'll exchange it. And I've got a couple SoCal Hooligans exclusive Caroline mugs. So Rad. those are pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, worth the entry fee just for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. I realized I hadn't didn't press record for like this whole half. Oh, uh, well. Hour. Psych. Okay. <laughs> right, peace out, everybody. Uh, talk to you next week.
1: Um, the 24th. You may know
0: this as VP3, but it's the Veggie Plate Classic 3, the third.
2: Yeah. We need some more riders, though, so if someone's listening and they're not signed up, sign up. We
0: um, got... Fifteen or sixteen? Yeah, I want uh, I want thirty. Hooligans. Thirty has, hooligans. To hooligans? Yeah, hooligans. It has to be hooligans. Yeah, Okay, if you have got a bike that's over seven fifty, does it has to be a twin for the for your hooligans? It can be a three or four or five or six. So okay, many. if you have uh, at least a triple, um, yeah. and it has to be over seven fifty. Go out to. Aren't there a couple of Buell blasts that race with you guys? Uh, Uh, There might be a couple exceptions. So if you have something that you think
2: might be an exception, let me know. Maybe you
0: still got to be pretty street bike oriented. Yeah, I was gonna say if you have like uh, a CB 500, those are pretty hefty. You know, four cylinders. I would say that was probably would would probably it'll be good for at least once. Yeah, yeah. Don't
2: spend a ton of money on it. Set enough for flat track. Yeah, but. If you just want to come out and have a good time, yeah, we're totally down. I
0: mean those are probably the same weight as the eight eighty three but and more cylinders <laughs> it to deal might with. Be. Yeah. So that's gonna be happening on the twenty fourth. What time is that going down? I have it as an all day thing on my calendar, but I know that there's probably a beginning and an ending.
2: Racing I believe is five. Okay.
0: Check out Sokka Hogan's for more details in the future. Yeah, and if you need to, you need to get there early for race day, though, because you want to do some practice and put some sunscreen on and all that great stuff. If
2: you're racing, actually, because it's a Speedway event, there is no practice. Oh. However... There you go.
0: However... Still show I up. What I did
2: pull off, yeah. What I did pull off, though, is this round, there's going to be three heats in a main. Rad. So plenty of track time. Even though there's no practice, there's plenty of track time, plenty of racing, um, handicap again because everyone seemed to love it. So, yeah. And we got some more cool prizes. Um, Lyndall Brakes sent me a rotor. So a crown cut rear rotor <laughs> so someone can have a fancy rear rotor. I, I
0: was going to say, and you made it into a trophy. <laughs> you all, thanks. I'm going to make this into a I trophy. I'm going to weld this thing up.
2: <laughs> and then Caroline, I'm not going to give all of them out, but Caroline gave me a dozen I don't want to say gave me, but donated to SoCal Hooligans a dozen custom SoCal Hooligans oh, coffee mugs. That
0: is so rad.
2: Um, some of them have Jeffrey Carver on them, and she wanted me to get them signed, and I didn't. So, uh, you don't get a Jeffrey Carver signed one, <laughs> but they still have his image um, approved by him. Rad. And. Uh, and then they, but they all say like SoCal hooligans and stuff too. So, super cool prize. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do to give those out. I think it'll be for the main, but I, you know, yeah. Um, so st- stoked! It'll be. It should be a good, uh, good time, good event,
0: and like always, there's Speedway, and yeah. Speedway is super fun. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, fun to watch. And like we said before, like eight, eighty-five heats and a couple consies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Uh, The following weekend, uh, after you've got your fill of racing from reggie plate um if you want to see some cool motorcycles the og moto show is happening in downtown la just check it out for details i mean it's basically like la's answer to the one show or the hand-built show or mama tried it's like our uh out, they call it outliers guild but none of the bikes are outliers it's all the ones that have already made the tours from the yeah. one to moment i know uh, i didn't go
2: last year but they i saw it they had a lot of- yeah a lot of pretty big names and pretty big bikes. Yeah.
0: And I'm sure, like, Lhasa is here. Like, Jay Ross is here. So I'm sure Lhasa Engineering is going to be there. Oh, I know. Probably RSD set up a be there. big... Yeah.
2: They set up a big hooligan thing last year.
0: I know Brownie Belt took a bike last year. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be a yeah. lot of SoCal people, but I think that there was more. I mean, it was there was some of the bikes that had made the tour also. Yeah. But uh, it is the second one. This is only the uh, the you know the inaugural one was pretty good so this is number two so check that out uh the following sunday april 1st is easter um and then the following sunday after that april 8th at 10 a.m the bear necessities run that's happening at the uh american legion post number 79 in riverside bring some undies the bear necessities for uh women and kids in need i think it's really cool that they're um doing that the 14th of April is the hippie killer hoedown happening out at Paris not Speedway Paris fairgrounds like where the yeah,
2: that is Paris Auto Speedway. Auto Speedway, yeah. It's kind of like in the front lot, and then there's like
0: a little tiny track to the side um, that they're going to have some racing. Yeah. So that's just, just show up. If you know where the Paris Fairgrounds are, you're in the right spot. And then the 15th, I heard you and Tony talking about it, Ramming Speed Classic Bike Track Day out at Willow Springs. Yeah. So check that out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be filling out some more stuff on the calendar, and hopefully you can see it at our webpage if you can't, well then, um, I'll just keep telling you about it here, but we don't really have anything past that too much besides, uh, the quail is happening in May 4th and 5th, the Californian is happening on the 5th here at Santa Anita, which is like Brady Walker from Ramming Speed, I think is, putting but I actually, yeah, so I got it, because of doing his track days, I got an email about
2: that, yeah, and, um, I said, hey, like, what kind of bikes do you want, I have my flat
0: tracker, but... He's like, oh, yeah, bring it out. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go sit around in the infield all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. But but it is going to be like a Concorde de Lagos of uh, awesome bikes and cars. You should actually take the Plymouth down there. That'd be rad. If they do cars and bikes both, I might do that. Yeah, yeah. they did li- uh, last year. They okay. they did. And then May 13th, the Hell on Wheels scramble at Glen Helen. Hell on Wheels is going ham, um, as you mentioned. You know, the Elsinore uh, scramble this week or this coming Sunday tomorrow, whatever, (laughs) whatever, and then... May, they're having something like every month and then hot August nights is going to be and then it's going to be the Halloween hill climb before you know it like this this month's going to fly by Uh, quick news, we're going to get out of here right now but I did want to say Isle of Man TT tickets Um, I know it's a little bit early because that doesn't happen until like the end of May, beginning of June but they're already selling out they sold out the grandstands for the uh, the senior TT on that Saturday or that Sunday whenever they race that, maybe it's even a Friday Um, they have sold out all the senior TT tickets at the grandstand but there's other places that you can get stuff for, and they're pretty cheap <laughs> depending on what, what package you get. And that's the show. Come back next week if you dare. If you
1: dare.